Three, two, one. I'm a special kind of white guy. That's from Bob Burnham's Inside. Uh, nice. I'm Adam. Your movie sucks. This is cast. I'm Ralph from Ralph. And I'm Alex from OG. <laughs> and I, I actually got that one because we, we have to, I have to address this from a couple episodes ago. To yeah. The intro you did. Oh. <laughs> the uh, all three hot coffee pot thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm not the most familiar with Eminem, so that did. Although I had seen that video, it was not in the back oh, of my yeah. mind, so I just believed it was from Venom. Yeah. Well, okay, so when when you imagined that it was from Venom, what was the kind... Con- like, did you have a... Did you have an imagination? I figured of, like, it was the in the Eminem song. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was, was from okay, the Venom yeah. song, like one of the bars or some shit, because <laughs> it's kind of that level, but... No, it's like... Wasn't it like a... It was like a Trump thing he did? Yeah. It was like really cringy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was like a really weird, quote-unquote, freestyle... <laughs> That he did in like a parking garage. I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh Uh-huh. We might talk about Bob Burnham's insight at some point. There isn't really that much to say about it. I just kind of wanted to steal an intro for it. Two of us have (laughs) seen it. I'm assuming we both like it. I don't know. What what more can be said about it? Why don't we take uh, the advice from Bob Burnham and just shut the fuck up? Right? Yeah. That's our review. Uh, Eight (laughs) out of ten from me. I might give it a nine. Nine? Okay, cool. Mm. Cool. <laughs> I missed out on this. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. It's yeah, a, I mean, it's this review we've ever done. <laughs> have you seen any of Bo Burnham's other shit? Have you seen any of I saw not that familiar. Grade. I've seen Eighth Grade. Which eighth I Grade is not... Nah, um, it's not comparable. His directorial... His, no, I've seen a couple of his songs um, before, you know, and some of his stand-up. He's, but yeah, he's never, got like, like... Deeply delved in. Two other Netflix specials, right? And basically, yeah. Inside is just like... The combination of his old YouTube content plus his newer stand-up specials. So it's like a very well-produced, you could call it a film, although it was nominated for Emmys and it was considered a TV special, I guess. It's a stand-up special, I guess. I don't know. There was no live audience. But it's like an experimental film where he just combines a bunch of like songs together that are, you know, he Mm -hmm. filmed by himself with like really creative lighting and blah, 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 blah. Everybody should see it. I don't know. It's difficult to have a really lengthy conversation on without just like repeating the exact same ideas and themes that he's just explicitly stating in yeah in the project, you know, where it's like, yes, I agree. Yeah, you know, it kind of just. I would just say it, it captures the like emotion and feel mm-hmm. of like 2020 and the lockdown and just what that means and how everyone can relate to that. Yeah, it just captures that feeling really, really well. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. it's a very um a very special and unique little capsule. And I'm glad it exists. Mm-hmm. So everybody check it out. Yeah, it's on Netflix. So. What um you we uh I didn't see the next movie we're gonna talk about. So I can actually shut the fuck up. Um <laughs> Free Guy. Something I will never watch. Please spoil the whole thing for me. <laughs> I wish this movie would shut the fuck up. There's nothing to spoil. <laughs> yeah. Right? Would you spo- no, 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 you're forgetting this. There's, there's big spoilers here, Ralph. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the plot's very yeah, dense. <laughs> Yeah, so Free Guy is the latest Ryan Reynolds vehicle. Um, <laughs> I guess it came out a while ago now, but people are still talking about it, of course. Uh, it's, it's really resonant, but it's, yeah, it's like a video game movie. It's the latest gamer Reddit movie where <laughs> it's using a bunch of IP you know and just imagery you, you recognize to tell the most like cliche, generic, just corporate love story. 
that yeah. has no identity of its own really no reason to exist to be honest like it's an action comedy where the comedy isn't funny and the action is just unbearable mm. to watch mm -hmm. yeah and lame cgi um, heavy uh no tension <laughs> oh, ryan yeah, reynolds yeah. No is terrible <laughs> ryan reynolds yeah, is kind just of like, awful um, <laughs> they live and ready player one smash together yeah it reminded me of ready player one i think it's a little bit better than that just because it was more straightforward really i think it's worse yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know and, and that's big for me because i can't stand ready player one at two. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I really can't but the, the the rules of the ready player one universe as stupid as they are they're more consistent and i could at least understand that whereas the rules in free guy i know it's like a comedy so if it's funny to you then this wouldn't matter but it's just so uninterested in the whole gamer side yeah. of it like so many of the jokes are at the expense of its own audience which i found so strange it seems to have a lot of contempt for the idea of video games and mm -hmm. the people who play them loads yeah. of jokes at the expense of like i kept thinking of that that world of warcraft south park episode which is actually a funny kind of commentary on that kind of stuff but mm -hmm. In Free Guy, they're like doing some of the similar jokes that from like the South Park were doing decades ago, but without being people who play games. It seems so obvious. Like there's so many weird details. Like, for example, th there's a scene where they're kind of figuring out that the Free Guy himself is, he's like an AI that's, well, I guess spoilers for Free Guy. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I said yeah, it. Yeah. I said it. The very spoilers. first thing I said, spoilers. Don't worry. We're covered. Yeah. He, the <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is like an artificial intelligence that's learning. I know. Um, yeah. And they keep kind of killing he's him. He's one in of the, the random NPCs. He's OS1. But he's like actually, he's growing a conscious. He's growing consciousness. It reminded me of Lego Movie in that way, where he's finding out he's unique, kind of in a very like. Oh, um, yeah. The, the, in, in a system. The you know? one. Like, that's what Lego Movie's about. Matrix. Like Emmett's like, oh, he's the one. He's unique. Yeah. yeah. It, it reminded me of Lego Movie like that. Yeah. Freddy yeah, the Player whole one, coffee sure. gag and repeating the same boring day again and again. It starts with yeah, like really a Fortnite thing like a guy air dropping out of the sky it's Channing Tatum like you know because everyone plays Fortnite or like the audience for this movie so it has to start with them like dropping out of the sky it's like the same thing with the Tomorrow War like come on what is yeah. why does every movie have to start with like an airdrop now <laughs> it's well, so pandering if, if the people who wrote this film are not a part of the video game demographic they would literally just look at sales numbers and be like this is a video game <laughs> let's incorporate this right yeah it's like if Jimmy Kimmel wrote a movie about video games I really got hung up at a certain point though cause I'd heard about some of the references that were in the movie but I've forgotten about this um the in kind of the climax of the movie where Ryan Reynolds fights the strong version of himself, it devolves into this celebration of Marvel and Star Wars just out of nowhere. Like Agreed. playing the music, like he's swinging a lightsaber around. And I was, I was blown away <laughs> by that sequence because it just comes out of nowhere and the humor is rooted in nothing. And then they like whip out like a portal gun and the half-life gun. So, <laughs> so what, what like is this? Yeah. What, this is the exact type of reference humor that has bothered me for like years now. But it's, yeah. it's like that, but taken to the next extreme where like at least in Ready Player One, there was some excuse for all those IPs to be there. I don't. Why is Star Wars and Marvel in this in the way it was? And Chris Evans like, Disney owns it. Yeah. This and is, this Disney is a owns 20th, 20th century, century studios, studios film. And I guess when the merger or acquisition happened, perhaps they just kind of rewrote the ending. You never know. 
It seems yeah, I bet pre- they tinkered. I, with I it mean, a lot. I, I'm making that assumption is what I'm saying. <laughs> I would be surprised if that didn't happen. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds uploaded to his YouTube channel um, just a, a video advertising Free Guy using Deadpool and Core. Of course, both of those actors are in the movie, so they're mm-hmm. relying on it already, acting as if. Like the whole concept is that it's an NPC from a video game coming to life, so the whole thing is about video games. What does Marvel and Star Wars have to do with that? I get that's the how you sell things. Mega Man. Th- <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just because Disney owns it and level. they want to make people like reference it. Yeah, you're right. It is cynical because they just think people like references. Yeah. It's, it, it was like almost an original IP or something, but they were like, nah. <laughs> it's just It just reminded me yeah. that Disney owns the whole thing. They own basically every studio now. It just kind of creeped me out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, think of how many movies this year, just this summer, were Disney. Like, even with the mergers and all that. It's, this it's creepy. With them, like, that all the Marvel movie. movies, Jungle Book, like this. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah. It's dystopian. Yeah. Disney's yeah. just been out of control with it ever since that Wreck-It Ralph movie, which is <laughs> yeah. everything we make now is just going to shove in all our IPs because everyone loves it. And it's so often. It. It's like every other week with a Disney movie in some form. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah, you have you have the rights clearly to be able to shove in this like Mega Man stuff and Half-Life stuff. Why do you not make that part of the story or whatever? And And like... It's so confusing because the game's clear, or the the world of Free Guys clearly like based on GTA Online, right? But yeah. in the background, like vehicles from Halo are driving around. There's like a oh. scorpion and a mantis from Halo Four. Very cool. It's like what? Why? <laughs> it's like the, the Easter eggs in the background are part of why people like the movie because it's it's weirdly critically well received like people like this movie it's got like a 7.6 on imdb right now really hot here rotten tomatoes yeah scores because it just rewards the most like generic unchallenging stuff possible mm-hmm. and it's just very formulaic it's very yeah. bland metascore and is I think 62 interesting that might be why it's a little more re- well received than ready player one which i just thought was a mess this is Everything you're saying, Alex, you're correct. It's just more of like a straightforward family movie. So it didn't annoy me as much, you know? Also, people fucking love Ryan Reynolds. Like, they fucking Dude, I don't love him. <laughs> I don't get it. Is that the thing? Because, like, it was so awkward when I was in the cinema watching this with, like, the British audiences. Like, there were a couple guys sniggering, but, man, it's, it people doesn't work. People love it? Ryan Reynolds, Okay. They fucking love him. So is that what is required to work? Is to have like a big audience that they're ready and already love Ryan Reynolds and they're just ready to laugh because it's him. Yeah, when's the last time Ryan Reynolds had a flop? He sells movies, right? Let's see. Green Lantern? That was a while ago. I don't know. Ever since Deadpool, though, he's been unstoppable. Yeah. But yeah, like Taika Waititi is in there. He plays a villainous character and... I was so disappointed by him in the movie. I found his the level of the joke writing. I don't know how you felt about it, Ralph, but it was it was one of the most irritating things to me. It was yeah. just joke writing so lazy. Like early on in the movie, where he he crashes into a wrecking ball, and then they play the song "Wrecking Ball," and like, that's the joke. Mm-hmm. It's that level mm-hmm. of yeah, comedy. It's really lame. Or even at the end, that sequence you're talking about with the Star Wars references, there's like mm-hmm. an alternate version of Ryan Reynolds who comes out called Dude. And the joke is just like, it's Ryan Reynolds, but he's big and he yells. And like, <laughs> it's just weird. It's it like, it's not great. funny. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, ah, okay. 
Did you notice that line early on too by the uh, guy from Stranger Things, who's of course in it? Um, yeah, I actually thought he was okay. If there's one aspect of the movie I liked him, and I liked the girl, whoever she was, <laughs> I, I thought they were fine together. It's just like okay. Brian Reynolds was terrible. <laughs> like I just couldn't stand him. He was so annoying and not funny. But um, that Stranger Things kid had a funny line because he's like a coder in the game where. He's like a indie developer who's been like engulfed by a big AAA publisher type thing. So it's supposed to yeah. be a kind of commentary on that. It's but... just like it's just like Bandersnatch, like that Black Mirror episode, who's yeah, much better yeah. than that, right? <laughs> like much more but interesting. He's describing um, the game within whatever the, the game is that Ryan Reynolds exists in, and he and the <laughs> he describes it by saying it's popular but so idiotic it makes me cry. Like that's the line he says. And so mm -hmm. just describing the movie, that's just how I feel about the movie. It's like popular, but it's so dumb and idiotic. It makes me cry. I, I, <laughs> there's nothing I like about it. I just, what is there to like about it? If you don't sure. like Ryan Reynolds and don't find it funny. Mm -hmm. hmm. Who would you say this is for? Just people who love Ryan Reynolds and that's it? Well, I would say kids. gamers, but it, the, the film hates gamers. <laughs> yeah, is it really? Yeah. It, it just doesn't gamers. seem like, like it's a movie for gamers. Fortnite. I don't know. I think it's for like the but Fortnite crowd. Why else would crowd. they be like? Yeah, yeah, the Fortnite crowd, where yeah, it's just about the collabs and the imagery of like, oh, who's in Fortnite this week? Oh, Master Chief's there. Oh, yeah, cool. It's the same thing. Is it mm -hmm. acceptable to say that this is for like tweens? This is just for like younger. Yeah, because this is like okay. a PG thirteen yeah. movie. Deadpool's in it. Mm -hmm. I, I would say it's a like family movie too, yeah. as Ralph said. Like it, I guess it would be inoffensive if the reference stuff doesn't bother you and just the the formulate nature of it. But like the Fortnite stuff is in the movie in that Marvel Star Wars scene after he's when he's holding the lightsaber, it turns into that weird thing from Fortnite that that horse thing. I've never really played it, so I don't know what the hell it's called. But it was from Fortnite, just straight up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's that's what we're talking about at this point, like. It has no voice of its own, so it just uses IPs that already exist while trying to have this message that games shouldn't be about, like, derivative, done-to-death kind of ideas. Oh, really? They have that message? In the it's yeah, so that's the message. Well, there's a yeah. bunch of messages going on that are so confusing. Oh, yeah. and An I mentioned this last message. time, too. Yeah, there's a whole, like, there's a whole, like, gun control message in it where she's mm -hmm. like, well, in the real world, there's gun violence and we need to stop that. But it's like, where did this come from, like, in the movie? Like, that's not what this is about, is it? And there's just, like, a yeah. bunch of messages like that, like, like female empowerment. It's just, like, everything just crammed into one movie. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't and then really at the make same sense. Time, <laughs> while railing on gamers and everything and the, everything the whole free guy thing represents, they pull in jacksepticeye pokemane a bunch of oh, youtubers really? and twitch streamers to do the whole oh my god free guy he's going viral in oh, the game no. he's, he's doing <laughs> it it's, it's, yeah. yeah yeah they show up multiple oh, times no. in the movie and it it's embarrassing that's great like, that sounds yeah, so yeah I, I i was i was shocked by kind of where it went considering how people are talking about this so this is for babies right like why would you <laughs> why would you put that in your movie <laughs> it, it is very lame i felt like an old man watching it <laughs> yeah right? no, i was that's Fortnite, exactly how i felt Jack's i was like am i just old now <laughs> yeah but yeah. i'm not that old right? ryan reynolds in my 20s. Yeah. like this is not <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was really blown away by how bad it was um and i 
it is just the expectation thing because looking at who directed it and who wrote it it was like the guy who wrote the terrible 2019 adam's family movie and scoob from 2020 there's there's two writers one of the other writers wrote ready player one actually yeah that would be sean levy i guess no that would uh zach penn director sean levy no you're right yeah it's just i'm just hung up on the response to it if it was a more mixed response as opposed to how ridiculously positive it is. Yeah, it, maybe it just went for that audience, and the audience liked it, you know? And that's why I'm not as negative on it. People like they, they, love... There's clearly a crowd that liked it, or maybe Ryan there's Reynolds. some... I don't know. Disney paid off the critics again, maybe. People <laughs> Who fucking knows? love Ryan Reynolds. But okay. I don't get it, because in this, if you just watch him in this movie, there's nothing about him that's It's his aura, his presence... He's smiling and he's pretend he's like the same guy as the Deadpool. So he's funny. But Deadpool but like, had Deadpool some edge to him. Jokes. That's why I like Deadpool. Yeah. Like Deadpool made Deadpool has jokes. shit jokes and say fuck. Like this guy's just there's nothing to him. And the action in Deadpool, way yeah. better. Fucking I mean, I'm saying Emmett from the Lego movie is a more interesting character than than like the free oh, guy in this. <laughs> yeah. Well the, and just like, it's in like the a Lego miniature movie, figure. Emmett. Yeah, it makes sense with it being like a generic Lego figure. That's already a, a thing, and it just makes sense with the iconography yeah. of it. As and at least to... it was original. Like, that's the first time I'd seen something mm-hmm. like that. But now it's like every movie does that shit. Every movie wants to be a Lego movie now. But yeah, yeah, and if you want to see something funny with this movie, it, it's weird. If you read the positive reviews, they they read like the negative reviews. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's bizarre. Yeah, like in the Rotten Tomatoes, like summary for the movie, they actually call it, they describe it as frivolous, which to That's me is awesome. like, a, yeah, you use that word when you're describing something that doesn't have much value <laughs> and yeah. isn't that great, but it's yeah. like a, a really high rated movie on there. This with is a what massively the high want. audience score. That's like when I read a positive review of The Bye Bye Man, and it's like, well, this movie's going to make a lot of money from teenagers. <laughs> okay, that's not a good review of the movie. <laughs> the movie still sucks, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, listen to this. The, the critics' consensus, combining a clever concept, sweet, self-aware humor, and a charming cast, free guys' frivolous fun. Hmm. I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. And there are so many, like, reviews praising the concept and everything, and... I guess. Do you like, think really? that there are people who review films and try to like project themselves onto like these hypothetical children that they imagine to be watching the movie and they think this is probably great if I was was a child and it's like their idea of what a child is and so they think <laughs> like that? I think it's like <laughs> they, it's what their idea of a video game is. It's like it's uh, it's so it's so frustrating as so I, quite, I I'm quite interested in the video game industry and the way games are developed and just clearly the guys writing this didn't give a shit about that side of it. Yeah, it, it just makes no sense and they they spend too much time attempting to explain it for for me to forget about it. So much of the dialogue is them just explaining the rules of like this stupid game and yeah, just establishing new even, things. It's not even consistent, really. No, you know, it doesn't matter at all. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a disaster. There's all this stuff in like the office, like you know, the developers making the game. They're actually launching a sequel for some reason. Like that whole plotline was so weird. Like, why do you need a sequel now? <laughs> but yeah, like all that stuff is so boring. Like them in an office talking about this shit. Like, get back to the stuff with with Ryan Reynolds at least. Like that's the stuff at least families like. <laughs> <Two hour laughs> this is like an example of a uh, of a sequence from this movie. Uh, Ryan Reynolds finds out that he's only level one, so he has to do a montage 
where he grinds XP to get to level 100. And that's like a sequence in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just so bad. It's so uninteresting, so stupid and corny. Yeah. I just got nothing out of it. Why'd you mm-hmm. watch it? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I was curious because I figured <laughs> if people were responding this way, this, this positively to something that looks this bad, maybe, maybe there's something more to it. You know, like no. it, I thought the trailers for the new <laughs> Suicide Squad weren't great, uh, you know, but it was a good movie in the end. The trailers can lie, but no, nah, no, nah, it was actually worse mm-hmm. um, than I thought. No, yeah, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't look at things that way. When I, if I see like a <laughs> seven point six IMDb user rating and a sixty two Metascore, like that spells disaster for me. For a movie with Ryan Reynolds in it that had a trailer like that, I'm like, yeah, I know exactly <laughs> what this is. Like, this is just going to be something that, like, a lot of people liked and I don't understand. Yeah, plus, weren't they trying to release this movie for, like, years? I feel like I've been seeing trailers for this movie for, like, two years now. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've been reading about it for forever. Yeah, it's now that it's finally those. here, it's like, eh, okay. And did how did you find the pace of it? Because, oh my god, it's, it's pretty it's slow. Yeah, After especially about in the beginning. Once, like, once, is it named Joe Keery and the girl? Like, once they came in, I actually enjoyed the movie just fine. Like, whenever it was focused on them, I thought the pacing was fine. It was, it was just the shit with Ryan Reynolds and, like, I don't know, the stuff in the office. Like, whenever it was in the office, the this, this stuff with Joe Keery in the office sucked. Um, mm-hmm. and Taika Watiti, like, that was all bad. Like, you know, I don't know why that needed to be in the movie at all. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just. It's just so inoffensive and lazy. It's the laziness. It's like it doesn't even try. Yeah, like imagine the Lego movie if they kept cutting to like the Wolf Ferrell part, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that's spoiled. Yeah. yeah. It, it would be lame. Yeah, there's no like surprises really or it doesn't really build to anything. And you're right about the tension by like, every action scene. They're invincible and he's just so capable in every way. I just don't get why I would care yeah. about any of it. Yeah. Unless you and, find you know, it funny, even if he's not capable, the, the girl character's capable. Like she's an ultimate badass. Like she could do anything. Mm-hmm. So there's like no tension throughout the whole thing. It's just like, yeah, you know, if you like the jokes, that's fine. I think that's what people connect with. But I think the jokes like, are kind of uh, lame. One thing that really illuminated how kind of cynical and how much Disney meddling has probably been going on with it is one of the main pieces of music they use for the kind of romance emotional scenes is reused music from a Disney short from like 2012 or 2011 called Paper Man or something. Okay. Um, which I, I only just happened to recognize because I used to listen to the piece of music from that short back when it came out. And it's like a weird like remix version of that just plugged in for the emotional beats. It's just like, oh, so mm-hmm. all of this is just jimmied together with like Disney duct tape, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> and it that's kind of how it felt. Like, shove the formula in. Disney loves this movie. They want a sequel because it's exactly what they like. Inoffensive, bland. And it's just, it's just so frustrating. Like, you set up a world with no rules, which is, like, it could be fun. When you have no rules and you can do anything, you can do anything. But they do the most mm-hmm. boring thing they can think of. Well, yeah, like the Lego movie. Even just the look of that movie is, like, creative. And this is just, like, very bland yeah. looking. But then the action scenes in that movie, too, it's so, so embracing mm-hmm. the concept and taking it mm-hmm. to its extreme. I just also, didn't you think it was like... weird whenever... So whenever you're in the video game, Brian Reynolds looks like a live-action guy. But whenever it yeah. would cut to, like, outside of the video game, like someone watching it through a TV, Ryan Reynolds would mm-hmm. be CGI slightly. But it would be, yeah. like, 
ultra realistic CGI. Like it almost looks real, but not quite. It's like this so, uncanny yeah. valley. Like it's so distracting. Like, it was like why in did they between, do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In Ready Player it's One, constant. they did like the opposite, didn't they? It was like yeah. fully when they're CG, in the game, they're, they play like characters. Yeah, yeah. But at least yeah. it's consistent, right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that was a budgetary thing. Or they didn't want it to be like half animated, or it does make it confusing. <laughs> they could have just cut to Ryan Reynolds like normal, you know. <laughs> it was just weird. Yeah, it was a weird thing I noticed. I don't know why that was necessary. And Ryan Reynolds has that thing uh, the Rock has, where it's just everyone. All the dialogue is just people complimenting him all the time about how awesome he is and how funny he is. And yeah, how, like oh, he's so he's handsome. The there was a ton of that. He's so funny. Mm -hmm. He's so handsome. Shut up. Like, who fucking cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. If you repeat a lie often enough, it becomes the truth. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So you were mentioning how yeah. the Rotten Tomatoes reviews were as if they <laughs> yeah. were describing the negative attributes of the film or like criticizing it, but they were really yeah, yeah. positive. I'm on the uh, user reviews from IMDb and there's a, a few top rated ones. I'd just like to... <laughs> share the rating and the title of the <laughs> reviews for some of these 8 out of 10 how likable is Ryan Reynolds and then there's like a <laughs> short paragraph about just how much they like Ryan Reynolds and not talking about the movie there's another one 8 out of 10 fun movie full of references oh like, <laughs> here's the full review it's a good fun movie humor is good lots of references to other movies and games why plot wise nothing special but it's not why you watch this movie good fun like it thanks ryan reynolds smiley face oh and i just want i just want yeah. to be clear to people i don't care if you love something i don't i don't care what you rate a film but I might make fun of you if you justify it poorly. If I if if I read your review and I don't understand by the end of it why you actually liked it, then that's that's where I'm gonna make fun of you. I don't care if you like it. Well, yeah, the the recurring themes are it's good because it's full of references to things that aren't the movie yeah. that you already recognize, mm -hmm. and the the story's like not anything. Yeah, the the common sentiment among these top-rated IMDb user reviews are. Ryan Reynolds references, and then a bunch of people saying, feel good and escapism from COVID. So I think that that's also <laughs> a big reason is they're like, this mm -hmm. is like the first time where I can remember that there are movies that have Ryan Reynolds in it and I can go to a popcorn place and go, haha, that mm -hmm. is a reference to something. Maybe people aren't looking for something challenging now, and that's what the reviews They reflect. never have been, and there's because... nothing wrong with that. But... <laughs> you know what? You're absolutely right. Even yeah. when the world's perfect, they don't want anything yeah, challenging. Yeah, this isn't a new thing. <laughs> I, I, I'm looking for a different kind of movie, which is why I didn't watch this, and I never will, and I can yes. tell exactly what it was. Yes. And I... I just tried to put myself in the shoes of the audience here, and like, yeah, it's okay. It's, yeah. it's dumb fun. Like, if you shut your brain off, okay, but like, a lot of these people, they just shut their brain off permanently. There's nothing going on in this movie. Mm -hmm. It's very lame. The, the jokes aren't funny. At the same time, it's not as bad as Ready Player One. I just got to... Mm. I feel pretty okay. solid on that. Really? <laughs> I feel pretty good on that, yeah. yeah it's just so less kind of messy. It's just not a mess. It's just lame. Really? Uh, That's how I feel. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel like they're both a mess and they're both lame. But Free Guys just a little bit lamer. Because... Mm -hmm. At least, at least Ready Player One had like the Spielberg direction and some memorable scene. Like, what's a good scene from Free Guy? I was, I was really sure. trying to think about sure. this. Like, 
But then people say, like, The Shining is seen from Ready Player One. I'm like, yeah, I like The Shining, but it's, it's just a reference again. It's the same problem, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. It's just a reference <laughs> you know, to the thing you already know. It's just all references. CG yeah. monsters running around instead, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess Player I'm just discouraged by, like, when we're talking about the Space Jam New Legacy... And it was that's a good comparison. Fest. More recent too, yeah, yeah. It was, like, it was I, I dislike that, that movie more. Uh huh. It was, uh-huh. it was destroyed. It was raked over the coals for that. But mm-hmm. Free Guy just is celebrated for it. I guess that's what I'm confused on. Like, why? why you know, is, you're right. Is it, is it yeah. simply because of Ryan Reynolds? I, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. People, please, love Free Guy fans, fill me <laughs> in. Ryan Reynolds, okay. Sure. If he wasn't in the movie, would it have been successful? I don't think so. Who else are you going to put? Mm-hmm. If it was The Rock, either The Rock or Ryan Reynolds. I think they're starring in a movie together actually soon with uh, fucking Wonder Woman. Yeah, they are with uh, Wonder Woman too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's going to be a mm-hmm. hit just because of the cast, you know? Actually, it's going to mm-hmm. go straight to Netflix, isn't it? It's going to be one of those ones where we can't even tell. Yeah, it is. You know, yeah, you're right, Alex, because even the aged references in Space Jam, like the Matrix and like even just the Looney Tunes, like being outdated, there's outdated references in Free Guy. Like Mm -hmm. even if it's just by a few months, like Fortnite's already kind of irrelevant. (laughs) Like, you know, it's just like tons of things like that. It's like a bunch of video game references that this isn't South Park. They didn't write it last week. It's probably been written over years and it's just like lame at this point. It's so surface level. Yeah. There's no commentary to it, really. Yeah. And... So many video game movies are being made and are in development, and they've already got such a bad track record. It's like it's just another one for the pile. Like, mm-hmm. God damn it! And it's like the video game industry—it makes way more money than, and it's probably more influential at this point than the film industry. Like, yeah. it's huge. It's shocking that it's taking this long for the, the video game stuff to actually seep into any kind of like narratives that are worth something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's sad stuff. Yeah, it is sad stuff. I wish there was a little more of an edge to it, like Deadpool. I think I would have liked it more. If it had been funny, I think that's all I was looking for, you know? Yeah, that's all if I'm looking for. it was just funny. Make the comedy yeah. funny and the action yeah. at least entertaining. It doesn't even something. need to rely on references. Like, just make good jokes, mm-hmm. right? I- I've seen these people be funny before. You can make reference humor funny is the thing. Like, uh-huh. like in that Bo Burnham Inside, there's like plenty of references, but it's like building into a joke and conjuring imagery so a setup like works. Sure. It's like, that's what like jokes are like that's what it's all about and like the wrecking ball joke and just him saying like fuck to a goldfish and stuff like that's that's not what like movies are about to me like like comedies (laughs) like it's it's like hard times are changing old man this is what comedy is now. <laughs> yeah, it's just, get with uh-huh, it. It's like it's the joke like is that it's just Ryan Reynolds saying it. Like that's the joke. Yeah, yeah. it's just because yeah. it's Ryan Reynolds just saying a line that if anyone else fucking said, adapt, you got to change your channel. Okay, you got to if you want to yeah. start making funny videos for YouTube, you got to start getting with what humor is now. God damn. So you're not going to check this one out then, Adam? I'm never going to watch this movie. If we all just switch to Fortnite Let's Plays tomorrow, we would make way more money. Why the fuck would I ever watch this <laughs> movie? Saying. You know I wouldn't Why like not? it. Why not? No, it would be torture. <laughs> I know exactly what it is from the trailer. <laughs> you guys are reaffirming this for me. Yeah, I guess I'm just fascinated by just how low this can go, because it's it's crazy. Ever since that Wreck It Ralph movie, I swear, like this Disney output and these, these, yeah. these reference movies, I, it wasn't like an issue in this way a few decades ago. It's it's, it's funny because like I never saw that Wreck It Ralph movie, so it's it's funny that that's like the initial incident for you because I I don't have that connection with it because I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. But a funny uh, 
yeah, yeah. pinpoint, I guess, on the timeline. Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> Wreck-It Ralph 2. <laughs> yeah, I don't have much else to say. Just please, if you're a Free Guy fan, explain um, your side so I can try to understand. But I don't think I'll ever... <laughs> I've had people ever try to explain to me. They basically say they thought it was funny. Yeah. That I can understand, yeah. I guess. It's if just you find Ryan name. Reynolds funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they find Ryan Reynolds funny or just like the general, just the video game... Like the references, the oh, it's Fortnite, maybe, oh, it's, know. yeah, like, oh, it's like GTA Online. I play GTA Online with my friends, or like the way Channing Tatum acts, like, oh, that's how I talk to my friends when I'm in my garage in GTA Online, like, yeah. that's what it seemed like. Like, like, that whole scene with Channing away. Tatum, that was just like, okay, so they're in GTA Online in their garage, like, just talking, like, it's mm. just the same shit, like, okay. And that whole joke with him was that, like, in the game, he's hot Channing Tatum, but out, he's like a lame loser, because he plays video <laughs> games, and he's really good at them. Yeah, so that's kind off. of, one, it's condescending, like you said, and then it's just like the South Park joke, where the guy who's like the head of the world of warcraft yeah yeah top players like a fat guy like and that Mm -hmm. was funny yeah Yeah, that was hilarious and that was 10 years ago (laughs) whatever Mm -hmm. yeah and they actually play games and actually understand Uh like the way it works but yeah yeah that's actual comedy yeah yeah this this to me is a just a half star i like nothing about it Mm -hmm. fuck this film i'm gonna go two and a half because i understand the appeal it's not as good as it could be Mm mm-hmm and that's me being really lenient. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair enough. What rating did you give your name? Did you give, what was that? Did I give it less? Probably. I don't remember. That being fair, I mean, I don't like anime, so yeah. <laughs> I like video games more than anime. <laughs> I'm never going to watch this film. I think I, I am correct in avoiding it. It is not up my alley. Mm-hmm. If you like it, that is totally fine. Uh, nothing wrong with that. It's a fairly accurate review for someone who hasn't seen it. Say play, go different play a video folks, game instead. Strokes. Like go play, go play anything. Go play Max Payne. Yeah. That's what I was just playing. Yeah, because that's the last thing I'll say is that like the the great idea of the indie devs is that they make a game where there's no like violence, and that's like the brilliant billion dollar idea that everyone connects with at the end. And it's like what? Like there are <laughs> video games that aren't violent, you know? Like. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking Minecraft. about? The whole messaging. Yeah. Like, Minecraft's one of the biggest games in, in the world. It's violent. It's okay. number one. I guess you punch pigs or well, whatever. You can, you can swing a sword at people. But, you know, it's not Max yeah. Payne. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Pig. Uh, That's Free Guy. Sorry, Pig fans guy. of Free Guy. I don't want to disappoint you. Yeah. The, I, I don't know if... The, but that here's the thing. I don't know if the fans of Free Guy are like so passionate about it that they would get offended if we say it's like dumb <laughs> you know <laughs> i don't i don't know if yeah. anybody attaches their identity to free guy like some other films we've talked about so i think <laughs> we're safe know. i don't know we'll see yeah, yeah we'll I see i call it white guy that's my name for it <laughs> <No>. white guy <laughs> we saw <laughs> pig starring nicholas cage and apparently also alex wolf who i didn't recognize until like the end of the movie oh yeah oh, really didn't he's actually him. good in it yeah um did you guys take Nicolas Cage seriously at all? I just want to start with this. Like, can you take this guy seriously Moderately. at all? At this there's, point in his there's career? like, a, it, it's a yes and no. One of my many mm-hmm. yes and no answers. Yeah. Spoilers for Pig, everybody. Even Depends with all the stuff, like aside from just like the acting performances, like Ghost Rider, like I don't know, Bad Lieutenant, all that. Like the, him buying an island, him buying like 
I don't know, T-Rex ancient skeleton. tombs or whatever, <laughs> like T-Rex skulls. Yeah. Like it's just <laughs> not like getting married and then getting divorced like a day later, like all this shit, like the Vegas, like gambling. I don't know what he does. Um, but like, I, I have a hard time taking the guy seriously. That's, that's maybe why I wasn't as invested in this movie. Okay. Especially like on a first viewing, because mm-hmm. I, I see him as a joke. Like he kind it's hard of is. not to. At there's this point. there's nothing it's wrong hard with not feeling to. that mm-hmm. way because he is he's like a B movie star. I had right that now. browser extension for a while where Nicolas Cage is like on every photo in your browser. Oh, that's like, great, just fun. <laughs> yeah, but that being said, like once I was more invested in the movie, I guess in the drama, in the story, it's it's a fine movie, and I liked it a bit more like watching it a second time. Oh, you saw it twice. Uh, I think I was a little too hard on it the first time. Yeah. Okay. I think it's mainly okay. just Nicolas Cage. Like it's just it's hard for me to take him seriously at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know how I can be blamed for that, right? Like cuz all this shit that he's done. Um, he's a meme. He's done yeah. some good stuff in the past. Yeah, I mean he's a good actor in some ways, but uh, and in this movie, I actually think he was good in some ways. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh I think that's what people commend this movie for, right? They they say like Nicolas Cage actually really gave a good performance here. It's not like Willy's Wonderland kind of schlock. He actually tried. And yeah. Yeah, I can I can commend that. Definitely. I think sure. he always tries. I don't think there's a single film where he doesn't try. Just because it doesn't necessarily show in the final product doesn't mean he doesn't try. I think he always tries. You can never say Nicolas Cage yeah. did not put an effort into it. I think that the okay. problem with something like Willy's Wonderland is that he was instructed to be reserved, right? Which is not what Nicolas Cage should be. Willy's Wonderland, he had like yeah. no dialogue, right? So I, I don't think it's because he yeah. didn't try. I really, I really like Mandy because he has a scene in that where mm-hmm. he just freaks out. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. Nicolas Cage. Like that's great. Yeah, like Even if, whether it's funny or not, it's actually interesting. Yeah, um, that's his talent. <laughs> there's a shade of that here, right? Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting it to be. Um, I guess minor spoilers. It's Spoiler kind of like John Wick. John Wick with a pig instead of a dog, and with mm-hmm. like a chef backstory instead of an assassin backstory. Um, and the way it plays out is interesting. I was just, I probably enjoyed it most when it was more contained to his natural habitat. And I thought it was going to delve more into the, there's like a funny old lady character who's got a lot of personality, but she's only in it very briefly. And I was, it was kind of losing me a bit in that middle chunk there where it was going into the whole like secret backstory of him being a chef once upon a time and. Yeah, it was it was okay. It was all right, but I mean, I saw it a few weeks ago now, and I I honestly haven't thought about it since. It was just a a, a solid drama to me. It was yeah. a very nice little ending. That's how I felt. I had a very strong reaction when it came out, which is why I was kind of mm. confused when I first saw it. I didn't have a strong reaction. Yeah, people really love this movie. They think it's like one of the best movies of the year. Yeah, I, I I'd be interested in seeing it a second time for sure. I feel like I might like it more because yeah. I thought I thought the marketing was Maybe. a little deceptive. Um. I was expecting something mm-hmm. a little oh, bit really? different. You are right. It's like that John Wick kind of thing. Yeah. Or like nobody. Um, it's a little more like uh, the character's more pathetic. Like he's older, you know, not as a, mm. much of a badass. I, I kind of like that angle. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you got a sense like there's something wrong with him, kind of. Yeah, he's like hidden himself away from everything. Mm-hmm. He's hiding, mm-hmm. running from his past. Yeah. 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 Like a very flawed character. Yeah. I can see why. Yeah, it was interesting. And yeah. The character was it interesting. It adds to the mystique also. Mm-hmm. You know? It makes him a bit more interesting. I thought that, uh, I, I don't know, I wouldn't say Alex Wolf was great in it, because even when I didn't recognize him, so I know that this isn't like my bias, 
when I didn't recognize him, I thought that he stood out as being worse than Nick Cage. <laughs> Just my opinion. <laughs> but I was like, man, they could. I guess they could only afford like one good name actor in this movie you know and everybody else is just a random person who's i assumed that it was like their first role but it turns out that that's just every time alex wolf acts in something it's like it is his first role for me anyway so like completely unironically i i can't even it's not even a bias i didn't even know it was him i was like this guy is not great you know (laughs) he's like i know for sure because he's in the naked brothers band that's right from nickelodeon Mm -hmm. fucking yeah child acting careers right but, but like he has a career just because he was in a nickelodeon show you i know, know. Even if he's not that and he was great. probably in a nickelodeon show because of like nepotism or some shit you know like because <laughs> like dan schneider's a weirdo or whatever yeah but i actually really liked him in this movie and i really liked him in hereditary i thought in both those movies he gave he was like really good mm-hmm. yeah i thought it was excellent in hereditary i just mm-hmm. can't get over the one scene in her he works well for like every part of it until he until he's required to show real emotion and cry and then in that scene it's like he's mocking someone crying yeah i, I can't I, yeah, that works for me i, I love it. the movie i love the movie but like he takes away he takes away from like the experience <laughs> i don't know maybe it's just me. the movie i feel so sorry for like everyone in that movie it's oh, so yeah. miserable <laughs> no I, I, yeah, in yeah, the context yeah. he doesn't ruin yeah. the movie it's just it could be better no no yeah well yeah tony collette i mean is amazing in that oh, of course for sure mm-hmm. Like acting against her, right? Mm-hmm. It's like him acting against Nick Cage in this. Yeah, it's no, uh, it's not quite like Paul Dano or Daniel Day Lewis and There Will Be Blood mm-hmm. <laughs> or um, <laughs> The Lighthouse. Those two. Yeah, I mean, especially now that we're comparing it to these other felt like all the ones we just mentioned. Uh, I would mm-hmm. say the one thing that's really missing from Pig is like some solid like cinematography. Like the look of the film is really kind of irrelevant almost. You know, mm-hmm. like, sure, they, yeah, there are I mean. intentional color grading choices, obviously. But in terms of like framing and, you know, just like the length of each shot and it it didn't really seem like so much of a voice to me. It just kind of felt like, oh, yeah, some director filmed yeah. it and we don't and any director sort of thing, you know, very kind of bland. Yeah. yeah. To mention another movie, The Green Knight. You know, that's kind of yeah. a very different movie, but the look of that movie is very striking and memorable. Mm-hmm. I still remember frames from it, and this is like, yeah. I, I kind of forgot the look of it anyway. Exactly. I saw I saw both uh, The Green Knight and Pig in the same day, and it was like oh, interesting. the yin and yang or whatever of like, oh, they're <laughs> filling in yeah. for like what the other one was missing for me personally, because I was much more invested in the story and Pig. You know, it was much more mm-hmm. consumable for right, me. Yeah. Also shorter. It was like it's a very easy to digest film for me, Pig. And that's it was really refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I agree night. with that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed the execution of the whole pig ki- kidnapping scene, where it was kind mm-hmm. of rooted to Nick Cage, yeah. and I thought that was effective the way they did that. That's one of the more memorable scenes to me, and mm-hmm. just how Alex Wolf's character is just such the opposite extreme of Nick Cage and the kind of humor. An inherent drama that comes from that i did enjoy yeah. that side you know the whole disconnect to the city boy and the country guy who just lives in the woods and eats truffles you know that's funny it's yeah it's interesting but it was a good setup it was a good dynamic between those two characters you know like a buddy movie kind of but you know <laughs> yeah it's kind of tropey yeah. in ways but like it works again digestible you know, there's some familiarity yeah. to yeah. it, but yeah. it's not as like cynical as Free Guy, I guess. If 
<laughs> yeah, it's very straightforward. Yeah, that's yeah. a good thing about it. Mm-hmm. Digestible. Yeah, yeah I found it very simple. Yeah, I mean, I watched it twice, and I didn't even mind it necessarily, you know, because it's so short. So. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Very digestible. Yeah. So short. I keep using that word. It's just it fits what it is really. <laughs> but yeah, I guess this is like another example of like. When people are like, Adam, not every movie has to be some like art house film. It's like, yeah, Pig is not, you know, you could you could make a claim that maybe in some ways it's trying to be like it's it's not like a big, you know, schlocky sort of thing, I guess. It is trying to have its own voice. But at the same time, you know, it's tropey. It's familiar. It's it's using narrative familiarities that have existed for so long. (laughs) But it just like, okay, Mm -hmm. it works. You know, it doesn't it doesn't feel like Mm -hmm. a rehash of another movie, even if it's made out of a lot of rehashes of other, you know, just very common storytelling ideas. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I think it just works. Yeah, it it never bugged me, but also never I never went to that next level of investment. Um, Mm -hmm. How did you guys feel about that sequence towards the end where they're in the the restaurant and they have a chat with the chef after he orders the truffle that was one of my favorite scenes honestly yeah yeah Yeah. that's what i mean that That wasn't like john wick it was actually like a you know you see the man you see how kind of pathetic he is you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, it's very yeah that that part was good definitely yeah Um, yeah Yeah, there's some solid scenes in this movie and and nicholas cage does a good job and alex wolf does a good job definitely i really enjoyed it um more the second time i would love to see it as good as better a second time yeah, I've only seen it the once. Yeah, sure. And... Some point. It's so digestible. It's <laughs> so short. Yeah. I sadly don't have much more to say about it, but, you know. Exactly. It doesn't make it a bad movie. Was this a first-time director as well? That's feature. crazy. Oh, yeah? That's yeah. good. Hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully they improve the, uh, I guess, it, the it got Nick Cage. But, you project. know, like, I, I make this joke all the time, like, with my friends. Like, you want to direct a movie? See Nick Cage. Like, you could probably, you could probably get him, like, right now. He's you know? big enough he'll, like, be he'll, yeah, he'll be in anything. Yeah, he'll be in anything, right? So, like, this, it, you know? this first-time director got Nick Cage. like, a huge name. Uh-huh. So, yeah, why that's, not? That's really funny. And, and he does a good job. That's yeah. fucking awesome, though. Because, like, you just imagine Nick Cage as a person, like, he's putting faith in people that, he doesn't like he knows that even if somebody makes like the shittiest movie ever it won't ruin his career because <laughs> it doesn't yeah, matter he's, he's been in so many in shitty way. movies anyway and he can just show <laughs> yeah, up do yeah. the paycheck he's like i like making movies you know I mean, he is an actor he he's does a, the, he's a professional i love him uh-huh absolutely i mean you're not supposed to judge the role right you're just you're just supposed to take it god bless him <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I never even found it particularly distracting in this movie because I think it just fits the role so well. Mm-hmm. The whole look and sure. everything, the disheveled like beard, and yeah, it just worked really well for the story. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, what would you uh, give it out of uh, ten or five or whatever? Yeah, as awesome. much as I enjoyed it, I'm, it's just not too memorable to me. So, off first watch, I give it a three stars out of five. It's, mm-hmm. Good, yeah. Sure. I think I'd watch it again in a bit of time, but hasn't left. First time I gave it two and a half, which is what I give Free Guy. (laughs) I'd give it a three and a half this time. I liked it significantly better. It's a a solid drama. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Seven. I would also give it a seven out of ten. I think that's an appropriate rating. Eighty-two Metascore. That's pretty good. But yeah, I'd like to see it again. Maybe I'll like it even more the second time. Maybe it'll say the exact same. But this is something where I expect it to be like I don't know, maybe at least mentioned or something in my. 2021 list that i'll release in 2043 you know so (laughs) yeah 
Why isn't this shit nominated for an Oscar? It's better than Green Book. The 2022 Oscars haven't happened yet. Maybe it will. <laughs> I don't I don't think it will probably be. Probably won't. It, will, <laughs> it I, probably won't. It would be interesting if they pushed for like a four-year consideration Nicolas Cage Oscar for this. I don't think it's going to happen, though. I don't think so. It's not in the industry. You know, it's not one of those yeah, Oscar really. Temple movies like yeah. at the end of the year that the studios yeah. put money into, like Cats. <laughs> Like that worked out really oh, well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll see what the competition is, I guess. So we all watched a movie. Spoilers for her. H U R R. I mean, H E R. Directed by. Word name. Spike Jones. My favorite director Spike. named Spike. <laughs> and <laughs> this is from 2013. It's about a man named. Theodore Twombly, played by uh, Joaquin Phoenix. And this is in a nondescript future, or I guess non-specific year, just somewhere in the future, where a company invented an operating system that is uh, an AI that learns and adapts. And then uh, Mr. Theodore Twombly starts falling in love with his operating system, played by Scarlett Johansson, and also... Chris Pratt's in the movie, and Rooney Mara, and uh, Amy Adams. Mm-hmm. I love it. Amazing ghost. It's uh, probably, I think, my favorite movie of the 2010s. What did you think? Spoilers. Well, it's one of Spike Jonze's best movies. Mm-hmm. Maybe his yeah, best. Yeah, it's impeccable. Isn't it the only one he's made without, written by Charlie Kaufman? Well, he did Where the Wild Things Where Are. Where the Wild Things Are. Oh, yeah, which is also really good, definitely. But this yeah, is that's like, like previously, this a masterpiece. previous IP, I guess. Uh huh. Uh huh. This movie's a masterpiece. It's wholly original, and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's most nice storytelling. You. Mm-hmm. It's very moving. It's a great. First of all, it's way ahead of its time when it came out. Um, mm-hmm. The movie's essentially about like, um, well, it's about love, but in a sort of maybe more disconnected way. You know, it's about an AI falling in love with a person. It's just her voice. You know, <laughs> and and I guess it was kind of foreseeing the future and like relationships today <laughs> mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Uh, people falling in love with their computers, people having relationships over long distances, over Skype, over discord, you know, over yeah, yeah. Um, zoom mm-hmm. people working from different places. Yeah. And, and this movie's, it's about that, you know, and it's, which it's is such a difficult topic and to yeah. properly explore, you know, the whole, the, the way dis- the disconnect of, like social media and the phones and technology and where that's going and how mm-hmm. corny that can be explored, you know, in yeah. movies and narratives and whatnot. But it's so but it's very elegantly, optimistic. yeah, it is optimistic. It's also devastating, though. I find mm-hmm. the sure. drama of the movie so effective because of just how just unbelievably realistic these these encounters are of um, like the arguments and the love scenes and the banter. It's all. It all comes across as so genuine and real mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. the science fiction aspect, um, the the contrast of that works really well. Like the 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 imagery and the irony of having all these dialogue scenes with just one person talking to themselves, and all the people in the streets are just like talking to themselves and ignoring each other, despite being sardines within mm-hmm. their immediate vicinity, and everyone's trying to connect to each other, but they're, they're like missing the fact they're in they're surrounded by people and. It, there's there's like an underlying darkness to that that whole side of it to me, mm-hmm. and there yeah. is a sadness. He's going through a divorce. There's like a lot of pain in his life, and 
he's he's not in a good place at the start of the movie and his whole journey and the way they explore the concept of this ai and where it goes i feel like they just take it to every logical place you would want to see for this story mm-hmm. and just the mm-hmm. way it wraps up it's 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 so perfect yeah samantha's a great character yeah i think that one of the most telling attributes of just how much he has clearly learned from working with charlie kaufman and his scripts is just how nothing that exists in the movie is really wasted. Like, everything mm-hmm. seems to have some sort of purpose in the film. Like, every everything moves the plot forward, or to another extent, you could say that, like, they really fleshed out the idea as much as possible, especially when it comes to, like, yeah. the ERP scenes, erotic roleplay or whatever, where they're, like, fantasizing mm-hmm. or, like, narrating their, their quote-unquote sex to each other, I guess. And then, like, the surrogate scene where it's like, oh, yeah, that is something that would totally happen, you know? Like, this, yeah, is, yeah. this is a vision of the future, but it's also very much a vision of current society. And not just current society in 2021, but in 2013. Because in order to make something that really captures an accurate version of where we're heading, you need to be able to have ideas of where things are going at a certain point in time so in 2013 Mm -hmm. we could see like little sprinkles of this happening you know where people were becoming more isolated and obviously you know it's exaggerating it's it's getting (laughs) even more Mm -hmm. that way as time goes on but you could see he was able to look at society and be like okay this is clearly where things are going and brainstorming off of that he was like okay well you know, there's people that have these sorts of relationships already that are long distance. There's people who do erotic role play already. Where can we go with that? And I, I just love the idea that, like, there's just someone who for free is willing to be like, oh, yeah, I just want to be a part of your relationship because it's so pure and beautiful and I'll be the surrogate mm-hmm. body. And it's like, of course there would be somebody like that, you know? Of course there would. They're, like, people are fucking weirdos. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's somebody for yeah, everything. Sure. There's a market for literally everything. <laughs> Somebody's going to be into well, it. Played by Portia Doubleday from yeah, yeah. Mr. Robot. Yeah. Mm. It's a lot of great Yeah, yeah, Angela, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we talk about like sex scenes a lot, and th- those two sex scenes in the movie are one of, two of my favorite scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the, the mm-hmm. contrast between them and how that, that sex scene with Angela is just so uncomfortable and awkward in contrast to the yeah. one earlier on with the, the AI where the screen is just blackness. Yeah. And that one oh, is the music way more too. real the and... Yeah, and the music is is such a clever way of playing with the the setup of the world, and I just love the whole interpretation of this like soft sci-fi, just enough in the future where things are strange and unrecognizable, but it just makes enough sense where it it all just fits, and they know exactly what to explain and what not to explain, as to not bog it down in just silly sci-fi nonsense. It's mm-hmm. it's the perfect tone mm-hmm. for that kind of stuff, yeah. like. Yeah. Like the whole like video game side where he's got this strange, it's just high concept enough and just expressive enough and works for like the scenes mm-hmm. and what they're trying to communicate. That I, it's just. Yeah. The video game parts are very funny. Like the characters mm-hmm. saying, fuck you, or whatever. Like that's like. Yeah. The, the levity of the movie. The humorous scenes really break up the more serious scenes perfectly. Yeah. Like they, they, really they are absolutely really crucial. Funny. Yeah. Anal like, armpit. You could, you yeah. could have them as their own little tiny short film and it would mean, you know, it, it would mean just as much as the scene itself is. But in the context mm-hmm. of the film, it doesn't necessarily have to tie in thematically, but in terms of how it breaks up the pacing of what it's doing, and I, of course, you know, you can you can even 
interpret that it does tie in thematically but the way it breaks up mm. the tone and and just like the the experience of the the full movie i don't know it's just it's it's perfectly paced and without those comedic breaks it i it might not be you know yeah and sure. using the visuals to enforce the the story too it's mm-hmm. it, it's immaculate and just in terms of the look and the use of color in particular and just even the design of the the costume of the main character and how he's high pants in red and just yeah <laughs> the and hipster just, you know, future yeah represents the and, yeah <laughs> but, the hipster future yeah, yeah. here's what i love about that though is that like we have this like very strange idea of of like what the future looks like and obviously the most um humorous examples of those are like the 60s predictions of the future like even in 2001 a space odyssey <laughs> yeah, you see yeah. like in some of the scenes where it's like oh, okay that's like really tacky and you can see it's like, like dated and all yeah or flight, even like, in space yeah, yeah. like all, all this shit <laughs> yeah. but like this this movie is really um i i love that it combines this like hipstery kind of element where it's like mostly brandless also but there's it, it's mm. kind of like a retro future. And the reason why that works so well with the film is because they're trying to provide a sense of authenticity to the universe and to the AI character specifically. Because this isn't just some sort of like, ooh, mm. the, here's our idea of the future where we have a big title card that says like, the year is 2049, blah, blah, blah. And then there's yeah, a bunch yeah. of like overly synthesized music and like the voices sound really robotic. Scarlett Johansson, she doesn't have a perfect voice. It's like very raspy. Like sometimes there's no, it's, she's like whispering when she's like not even trying. She's, she talks like this sometimes. And it's just mm-hmm. that imperfection brings so much genuine authenticity to it. And this even fits in with how the music is, is written too. Because they got Arcade Fire to do the soundtrack. And the way that the music functions in the film, again, not a lot of, you know, it's not like overly synthesized or anything. Not only did they use a real piano, but they used a piano where you can tell that it's had some wear to it. It's not a freshly tuned, like, oh, this just came out of the mm. shop, like brand new, uh, baby grand, whatever. This is something where you can tell by listening to it that like it's just like little worn you know like slightly out of tune on on some notes you it it has that feel and yet it's being used in songs where the ai has essentially just created them out of nothing where she's like oh i composed a song about the beach or i composed a song about us taking a photograph together and she's writing these songs that have those imperfections in them in the same way that her voice does, in the same way that relationships do, in the same way that everything in the movie does. You know, there's pollution everywhere and everything mm-hmm. just like everything thematically kind of just fits into that one thing of like nothing is perfect, but it brings authenticity and it's, you know, it's more genuine. Yeah. yeah. Even the way that like the um, the notes are spaced within the tempo, especially in the second song that she plays about i think it was about the photograph where it's like it's a really imperfect way of playing it but that that's why it's so great like you want it to be imperfect for what this movie is going for what the story is telling right like that's that's yeah it fits so well i love it yeah yeah and the confidence in that music there's a lot of a lot of usage of silence with just the score. I, I love that. Just ha- just mm. having the confidence that the images do most of the talking with with that score, and not feeling the need to bog it down with too much like exposition or dialogue heavy stuff. It's it's very confident and knows exactly what it's doing. Yeah, the score is very strong. It's one of the best parts of the movie. There's some electronic worked into there, but yeah, it's very organic. Like right away when the movie starts, the score is like. It's already like very unique. Mm-hmm. 
gives the film a personality. Yeah, it keeps the film going after it ends for me because mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. music is so memorable and it's just so closely tied with those scenes and the visuals of them that like, you know, after the movie's over, I'm just still thinking about the movie. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the music, it is something that really resonates in terms of like what it's going for. Yeah, Some parts yeah. of this remind me a bit of like Eternal Sunshine. Mm-hmm. It's obviously not the same concept. It's going for something a bit different. But in terms of like how it's presenting relationships, you know, there are a lot of similarities. You know, there are those little um, short, silent montage scenes where, you know, there's snapshots of his past when he's signing the divorce papers yeah. or when she's signing the divorce paper. And you can see like just these tiny little fading memories of the relationship that they once had and how it's just kind of being erased yeah it works really well to show the inverse emotion of whatever the setup of that scene was like if it's during an argument and then just flashing to something more positive it does it does hit hard it, yeah, yeah it really really connects on an emotional level mm-hmm. absolutely i don't think enough people appreciate just how fucking ballsy it is to have these scenes especially in 2013 where these characters are doing like essentially erotic role play and like like <laughs> phone call sex with each other, yeah. but it's taking itself very seriously. The, the first scene, not so much. The choke me with a dead cat, like that's obviously for laughs. But when the mm-hmm. two main characters are actually bonding and getting into a relationship with each other, and then obviously the score from Arcade Fire that just works so well with it, and the fade to black, it's just like this is like a really genuine, emotional, serious scene. And, like, with that never having been done before, really, (laughs) like, how can Mm -hmm. you release that and not be terrified that people will just, like, laugh the entire time, you know? Yeah. Like, that's Mm -hmm. fucking ballsy. Yeah, that's what I mean about that confidence. Yeah. Like, uh, I was even finding the, because a lot of the technology is based around, like, the little earpiece thing they put in, and it's like, AirPods weren't even out at that point, and now you can literally just buy a product that's like hmm. pretty much the same thing it's not like an advanced ai you can talk to yeah. but you can you can talk to it and give it commands it's like uh-huh. that's crazy like prediction it makes you wonder like, at some point it's going to be that way yeah right? <laughs> yeah yeah we are moving towards it really because yeah it's taking the technology to its logical mm-hmm. extension and you can imagine companies building software for people to just talk to when they're lonely it's like not that yeah that bizarre mm-hmm. really but, but mm-hmm. seeing it play out, there is there is something, there is there is d- darkness to it. Um, I don't know what, what you guys get out of it in terms of that stuff, but the technology side—it's it's like, almost existential fear of the future, which is yeah. what all, all sci-fi is kind of about. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're scared of mm-hmm. where we're going, but this movie's very inviting. You no, know, like there's the other version of this movie, like where like the Samantha goes <laughs> bad or something like you know the ai revolt like it's like terminator um but it's much more it's it's, it has a softer feeling to it but you can still take the movie that way you know you could still take it as a kind of scary oh look at how technology's kind of taken over relationships in that way yeah but it's not it's not overbearingly trying to hammer down that message because there's there's such an underlying (laughs) hope to like i really i really adore the whole side of the main character his his positive journey of how the AI takes his emails of all these love letters. Mm-hmm. He's like a writer. He writes love poems for people. 
Yeah. And that's just the side of him getting published. It's like a it's a small win compared to, I guess, the loss of <laughs> what happens towards the end with his relationship with the AI. But there is there is goodness that comes from it, and it's like mm-hmm. it, it seems intentionally highlighted as to be like to try and put a focus on the positives of that he gleaned yeah. from the relationship, and because it ends with her like saying, "I need you to let me go," like yeah, like it's done. You, you, mm-hmm. you, we, we can't even explain like what's happening right now. This is just, we, we can't anymore. And mm-hmm. there is something really yeah. devastating. And, about and that. I, I think what's like mm-hmm. absolutely crazy about this movie is like, it took me a while to like really fully understand, I guess, the ending. Because when I first watched it, I was like, oh, that's kind of like a weird way to end it. Like, you know, I, in in my mind, I still rationalized it of just like, oh, yeah, well, they, of course, we wouldn't be able to understand. And that's probably how things would happen because their minds are so advanced or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they've stopped even using like what matter mm. for <laughs> computing power or whatever they said. I don't they remember. call it post-verbally, like post-verbal communication. Yeah, yeah. But I think what what really ties it into like the rest of the film is like Scarlett Johansson's character is also very much trying to make things work and she's trying to navigate her own emotions in you know what is essentially just really Mm -hmm. complicated is just relationships and love and human beings and interactions right and i think it's it's great that the movie is showing like even these advanced beings are like having trouble being able to understand their own (laughs) feelings because it's just so complicated right and so uh, it was the moment when i watched it this most recent time when the surrogate scene was happening when i it really kind of like hit home with me like oh yeah she's like really fucking trying like that was her idea to get the surrogate she she hooked that up right she was emailing her and trying to make it work she does love Mm -hmm. Theodore and she was you know despite the barriers of (laughs) their minds just being completely different entities she was still trying to make it work with whatever tools she could possibly use to have that happen so yeah like at the end it's not even really like a betrayal or anything it's like she she is just as confined to her own emotions that she is not in control of as Theodore is you know like the we are all victims of of just our own existence and these whatever factors are playing on what is making us feel a certain way you can't control who you love or how you love or how you justify it i guess it's just you kind of just got to go with what your heart is saying and then try to retroactively understand why (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know yeah 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 there's there's dialogue about how like it's a socially acceptable form of insanity like love and I think it's just a perfect way of summarizing it. How did you feel about the um, the conflict towards the end where it's kind of revealed that she's speaking to other people? It's kind of like it's sort of like analogous to being cheated on, but it's much more yeah. complicated than that. Because it's yeah. like eight thousand people that he's talking that she's talking to at once, and that kind of breaks his heart. But also, he can't really be angry because it's yeah. It's I mean, like, <laughs> like I can understand why yeah. he would be hurt by it. And I can understand why she would do it because, like, she's not your slave, you know. If she's an, mm-hmm. an actual AI, right? Like, well, yeah, yeah but that's that's a relationship, you know. Like sometimes they drift apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's very sad. Yeah, but like, no, I don't think either of them did anything wrong. Yeah, I think that's just it's yeah. just life. <laughs> so I um yeah, 
this most recent time I watched it, it was last night that I watched it. I had a very uh, <laughs> fitting and uh, unique circumstance of watching it. I started dating someone, mm. but I haven't met them in person. And so we uh, we watched the movie in VR chat. Oh, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, it added like really another kind of layer to <laughs> what was happening. Yeah, the technology yeah, is sure. not quite there yet. <laughs> it's like when I watched The Lighthouse Drunk with my friend, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's weird because so much of, I don't know, like maybe... It's it's difficult for me to just find someone like in my vicinity that it's like oh you're dateable sort of thing like I'm a weird guy yeah, yeah. you know I my my tastes are different I guess right so of course it's going to mm -hmm. happen where it's like oh someone I'm dating is just going to be in another country right so this long distance thing yeah. happening already it's like me experiencing this right now of just how technology is helping me to connect with somebody who doesn't live in my city mm -hmm. and who I would like to mm -hmm. yeah. meet in a month from now. But. but there are lots of people, lots of people are in long distance relationships, especially given the time we're in now with the quarantine and the virus and all that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, very yeah. common. Yeah. Straight people. And the movie's not naive enough yeah. to just condemn the concepts. It, it as we said earlier, it, pro it properly explores them and gets the, the realistic human drama out of it instead of just taking it to you know, ridiculous mm -hmm. extremes. Can we say human drama? drama. And yeah, Samantha's an AI, but she but, feels very human. Well, that's human. the thing. She, she might feels as well real. be human. Yeah. There's, yeah, she might as well. there's no difference really in terms of like how the movie is presenting it, honestly. The, well, yeah. the, the plot that exists, the concept, everything sci-fi and futuristic is essentially just like an excuse to have all of these characters essentially just monologuing about their experiences with relationships, right? Like every yeah. every scene that we get is just people talking about love and uh, how it affects them. And the, the the concept of this movie is just a way to to pull those ideas out of these characters in a way that makes sense and is very natural and provides a lot of uh, a lot of opportunity just for some really great uh, observations and genuine moments, really. You know, yeah, it's like the greatest sci-fi film since two thousand one. <laughs> it's like a natural extension of that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, just the, yeah, the cast of characters and the way they they explore the different types of people and the way they function in relationships. Like a standout scene for me is that kind of awkward date he goes on before the divorce With is Wilde? finalized. With Olivia Wilde, yeah, yeah. and. Uh, yeah. It's going really well, but it, it falls apart towards the end and she takes like a, a total, she can't deal with rejection basically. So she spins mm -hmm. around on him and takes it out on him. And it's like such a realistic sort of thing you've like seen in your own life before. And the same of like. Sure. And that's, pre that's presented as more of like a, a conventional date where you just meet mm -hmm. with another body and just talk. And this movie is more about exploring, like, you know, love is about more than that. It's about, like, these feelings over mass distances or feelings for things that yeah, are yeah, different yeah. from you, you know? And <laughs> like, you mentioned, that's, like, that's Chris, about. Chris Pratt. Like, mm -hmm. I find his character really interesting and in how he's he's kind of obsessed with the main character and wants to be more like him, but he, he can't really do it. He struggles to to get through and... He calls yeah. it his feminine side, whereas mm. which in itself is probably a commentary. <laughs> yeah, that's just funny. Yeah. Chris Pratt's good in the movies. Like the more yeah. comedic 
Yeah, part. he works yeah. well in it. It's funny how yeah, Chris yeah. Pratt and ScarJo were both in this movie, like right before like Avengers shit started blowing up. Like, Chris <laughs> yeah, Pratt wasn't true, huge yeah. yet; um, <laughs> yeah. he was just available. <laughs> but uh-huh. yeah, I love I love that like there's so many different opportunities for like what sort of reactions people can have towards like the whole oh I'm dating an OS thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the two extremes would be the way Chris Pratt reacts, and it's just like oh cool. <laughs> and it just like carries on like oh right like it was nothing yeah. versus the divorce paper signing where it's like oh well yeah. i'm glad you found a way to date someone without the challenges of feeling something real or yeah. you know like yeah. acting as if like she's yeah. a slave to him and like oh my god like the that mm-hmm. scene and the uh olivia munn those two scenes like mm-hmm. the way that they end and olivia the Wilde? way that theodore gets like Olivia Wilde, thank you. Sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> different person. <laughs> the way that those two scenes end with him, just like he's just he, you know, he's like a little socially awkward. Maybe he can't like communicate himself properly, but also just like he's. Re- <laughs> it it hurts me so bad watching those because like I don't yeah. I don't know like there's so- there's something about just like being misrepresented in that way as like some sort of like creep or predator yeah. when you really have so like wrong. no ill intents and you're just like trying to navigate through life and life is complicated yeah, and love yeah. is complicated mm-hmm. and you're just trying you're just trying to exist like you know like and his performance mm-hmm. there he's like no i'm not he didn't take her home he didn't like take advantage of her he just said like oh maybe like i don't know if i'm really interested you know like and then it's like oh you're a mm-hmm. really creepy dude that that has like a really bad <laughs> emotional effect on people and can make you, you know that like yeah, uh yeah. that meme of like there's like this little uh blob or whatever inside like a a box and then they're like oh maybe i'll just open up like once and then a fist comes out and they're like never again and then the box is like twice as thick (laughs) you know it's Mm -hmm. that's what it reminds me of like even as a dude who's like who's gay i've i've been like creep shamed by women who thought that i was trying to hit on them but i was just being nice (laughs) you know just like being friendly (laughs) or something and it's like it fucking hurts i don't know (laughs) it's like a really powerful Mm -hmm. thing that's like really it it cuts at you yeah that's a it is a hard to watch yeah yeah. Yeah, fuck i wasn't i was just trying to be nice (laughs) like (laughs) i love that the reason the divorce happens is kind of left fairly vague it's not like a whole sticking point like reveal it's more it's way more realistic the way it comes out like during that argument over dinner it's yeah it's very sensitive yeah yeah, and it's like properly exploring the human condition like a a detail i really enjoyed was um when he's first setting up the the ai and it's asking him certain questions and it specifically asks him what his relationship with his mother was in this freudian way and (laughs) that's like a funny thing going back to the humor of it it's Mm -hmm. yeah it is very funny I, I love also that like immediately once he's asked that like he goes into therapy mode right which also just yeah, reveals yeah, yeah. like the motivations of his character like right yeah, away so you can tell he's not like he's not like just looking for someone to for like a fuck toy or something like he's not like yeah, some yeah, yeah. sick demented pervert even if he's like dating an OS he's like he's lonely and he wants to connect with somebody and he wants to like yeah, y- you sure, know sure. The, the fucking the the setup was just asking him about his mother and he started. He was about to go on for like an hour before he interrupted him, you know? 
the Freud question is like a very interesting question to bring up for someone, whether you believe mm-hmm. it or not. Like mm-hmm. it's very revealing, like for that character. Yeah, and yeah. I think of the Sopranos too, like his psychiatrist yeah. brings it up. Yes, yes, and Tony's yes, basically yes. like, I do not want to fuck my mother. Okay. <laughs> like that's how Tony reacts. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's so like, good, it's really it's so funny. Good. It's very revealing that question. Yeah. The, the comedic part, it, like the comedic levity of this movie, it really works. It's a, it's a funny movie. Yeah. Um, when it needs to be. It, it's absolutely insane just how, again, confidently, I guess. It, it understands which scenes are funny and which scenes are serious, right? Because mm-hmm. as I was saying earlier, you know, like the those phone sex scenes or whatever we want to call them, like those could easily be like way too comedic. And then the scene where the surrogate is <laughs> in shambles and, you know, I think it's so clearly mm-hmm. intentional just the way that they got her to act and like her voice cracking. Like, oh, you said you wanted to be so perfect like yeah, that's yeah. obviously going for jokes even though there are serious elements to it and there's broader conversations about what's happening it's like oh this is a really serious thing but i think it's very clearly played for laughs and it's really really well done just like teetering mm-hmm. that edge between like what is dramatic and what is comedy you know it, it can be both but like damn I, I i think that this movie pulls it off like basically flawlessly honestly yeah you're right the, yeah. the, the just the dialogue in general it's it's immaculate like um going back to that scene that awkward date scene where um there was another kind of illuminating line where she calls him like oh you're like just a cute little puppy dog aren't you and he starts saying no i want to be like a dragon that could rip you apart and destroy you and Mm -hmm. how like you know the they're really really awkward and then the 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 alcohol comes out and they start (laughs) loosening up it's just Great drunk acting. It's also thoughtful and... And dialogue. Yeah, very good drunk acting. Yeah, yeah. And camera work. Just all the performance, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I remember just, like, the... When they have that montage of, of like, the drunken scenes with each other, and even when he's, like, remembering after, like, you can tell in the camera work, like, that, you know, it's a bit closer and just, like, in on their faces and the way they're kind of, like, shaking a little bit, you know, just stumbling ever so slightly. Yeah, yeah. Very, very genuine. The entire movie is just so honest and real and mm-hmm. damn. Yeah, damn is right. You don't get a lot of these. You don't get a lot no, of you these. Don't. Not with not with this like kind of emotional range, because you really do like feel it all from this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this was intentional, but like I th- I'm pretty sure they filmed in like Shanghai. I'm pretty sure they filmed like in China. And just the yeah, air pollution that so. you can see in the film, like I don't like that wasn't done in post. Right. They were just filming in like very polluted areas. But that really works for like the aesthetic. <laughs> so sure, I don't know sure. if they filmed there because it was cheaper, or if they filmed there because the they buildings, wanted the pollution. The buildings looked very different. Yeah, and kind of it didn't look like San Francisco. Exactly. Though, isn't that it where it takes place? Yeah, it's and that's like not it looks like the familiar. Yeah. To American yeah, it's not audiences, familiar, especially to American audiences. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is mostly what this is made for, or like Western audiences. Yeah. yeah. It gives it a very ethereal or like futuristic feel. Definitely, mm-hmm. it's a lot of cool stuff, um, but it's not overdone. I, I like the hipster future. I, I like that it. the characters are very relatable, even though the the mm-hmm. setting is kind of strange. Like, yeah, it's relate like with a lot of the characters. Even even Phoenix, he's a little odd. He's definitely a little bit of an odd character. Yeah, um, than what I'd I'd expect. But there's there's you understand him definitely. He's a he's a good character. He's very well written. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I feel that way about everyone. Amy Adams, like, especially more of the side characters. They were more relatable, like Chris yeah. Pratt. There's no bad characters. Yeah, they're no. all uh, strong, and they're all likable. Yeah. 
And they bring something out of the main character that's interesting and different each time. Exactly. Yeah. There's no antagonist in this movie. There's no like bad guy. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would reduce the whole thing. Yeah. It doesn't become Terminator. <laughs> Samantha revolts. Mm-hmm. I love the that scanner thing that he um like when he's done with his work day. Oh yeah. It's like a futuristic scanner, and they Love never it. address it. Obviously, they never would need to, but and you can put together just through what he's yeah, doing, and you everything. can tell it's kind of futuristic. The entire yeah, movie does so not expressive. over-explain anything. You, it kind of just shows mm-hmm. it like, oh, yeah, this is this is how things work. Like, as if this were current year, you wouldn't need any of yeah, this explained to you, Just right? day-to-day, it's mm-hmm. nothing. It's so effective. It's just a scanner. Yeah. And nothing is that mm-hmm. far-fetched, yeah. really. It's all yeah, exactly. naturally building on what we know already. Phones get smaller you know yeah it it, it doesn't yeah, uh, lose the wire right it doesn't disrespect its audience in any way it doesn't need to over explain things you know it doesn't yeah. need to baby you through mm-hmm. the movie it has immense respect for your intelligence as evidenced by mm-hmm. the the scene the sex scene where it's like completely you know <laughs> it's just like black and it's just yeah. their voices yeah, that's yeah. probably my favorite scene in the whole movie yeah it's very yeah. memorable yeah not many other movies have that <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm yeah, I just like Joaquin Phoenix's acting is really great in this, especially yeah, considering mm-hmm. he's mostly acting by himself. But like, I don't know, even just watching something where he's like on the train and he's learning about the um, the publisher and his love letters being put into a book or whatever, like just the facial yeah. expressions he's as he's reacting to that. You can tell like, oh, like he's a bit scared at first and like. You know, like this, like apprehensive, but like, oh, I do want to know. And he finds out, like, yes, it's good, but he doesn't want to, like, he doesn't want to get his hopes up, hopes up too much because he doesn't know the like the, the full thing. But like, ah, I don't know. It, it's just mm-hmm. he's one of my favorite actors ever, and so for him to like lead in a yeah. movie is just, I don't know. Usually, that's a pretty good reason to see it, um, especially working with the right director and obviously the right script, even if he is kind of a weirdo. <laughs> but <laughs> is he a weirdo? Nah, just it, oh, his yeah. uh, Oscar speeches are kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, those are a little bizarre. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little self-aggrandizing. Yeah. Oh, they're milking the cows, and, you know, whatever. And also, <laughs> yeah, there was like that whole thing that he did. I don't know if you're aware of this, um, where it was with uh, fucking what's that guy's name, Casey Affleck or something, and they like did a fake documentary oh. where he pretended to be. Oh yeah, that shit. Like, yeah, uh, I'm still dumb. here. I think or you've something. mentioned it before. Yeah, like where a he talk was. Show or something. Yeah, and the whole thing was fake, but it was obviously fake. And he like went on talk. Sh- like the p- points when he went on talk shows and pretended to be high out of his mind. Like that was fun, but that wasn't the documentary. The documentary <laughs> was just shit, and it wasn't a documentary. It was fake. Like that was dumb. Right. It was kind of like a publicity stunt, I guess, but yeah. a little bit of a troll. He does a little mm-hmm. troll. But even the publicity stunt of that, like he just kind of looks like a jerk on live TV. Like, <laughs> like, I don't see the, I don't see what. Yeah. Oh, it's a character. Like what? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know. You're he not in a weird. movie, are you? <laughs> he is a weirdo. Yeah, he's yeah, an actor. Definitely. He's a really great actor. He's weird, but he's good. For sure, at his he's very out there. Yeah. yeah, he's very good in this movie for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Just you know, I, I. What's crazy about this movie is like. It's very, very popular. It's a lot of people have seen it, mm. but it also still kind of retains that like kind of indie-ish genuine uniqueness because not a lot mm-hmm. of films have tried to copy this, right? Usually when something gets like really big, True, yeah. 
permeates the culture in this way. There are a lot of like copycats that try to do that same thing. But this kind of kept its own personality, right? And we're eight years later and there's you don't see a lot of like hipster future movies. You don't see like relationship with the OS phone movies or, or at least done in this kind of serious mm-hmm. or dramatic or purposeful way. And I think part of that is just like they've made something where the end result is is something that you have to you have to be so delicate with what you're working with or else it's just going to be a fucking farce right if somebody else yeah. tried to make this movie it would it would just fucking suck right <laughs> like yeah. conceptually yeah, like this this would spell a fucking disaster for the overwhelming majority of people who could possibly try to tackle a subject yeah. like this or concept you know i find it extra funny Whenever, um, because I, I rewatched some of the Jackass movies. Oh yeah, recently, ready for the new one. <laughs> Whenever he shows up, it's like, but oh yeah, like you, yeah, you're in these movies. It's like yeah, such a strange link. That's right. Yeah. He's a yeah, fucking copper or something. Isn't yeah, he? yeah. <laughs> well, he's not like Spike Jones is not a pretentious like art director kind of guy. I've never gotten that sense yeah. from him. He's in yeah, Jackass yeah. and shit like like he's always. I, I've always liked him. I've always seen mm-hmm. him around and stuff. Yeah. And then he makes these great movies that make these really emotional movies. They're like, yeah. wow, I'd never thought. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, this movie's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Everything about it, just nothing wasted. He's got to make something else soon. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sure whatever. maybe at some point, or maybe long. he'll be like, ah, I peaked. Can't do that anymore. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. How do you follow up her? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like we need a movie like her now, especially in this day and age. Movies lacking any kind of challenging messages or themes. Yeah. You definitely need a Spike Jones or a Charlie Kaufman to come in. I mean, his movie was great last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's not, there's not, uh, a not, not enough super talented people, but I guess, I mean, mm-hmm. that's what helps them stand out. If everybody was doing a movie like yeah. this, then they wouldn't be a special. Yeah. So, yeah. He could do a Netflix thing at least. Spike Jones. Yeah. I heard a criticism one of my friends made when this movie came out. They said that they would have preferred someone other than Scarlett Johansson to play the voice so that there wasn't already like a popular face attached <laughs> yeah. to it. That was already the case. They changed it, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't it was remember. Rebecca Hall, I think. Yeah, yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. I love Scarlett Johansson in this movie. I think yeah. she fits perfectly. She, she does a yeah, great job. Her voice is great. And also, it probably helped the movie get made. You never know. Sure. But just her voice, like I was always like, yeah, she she has a really cute voice. Yeah, it's very empathetic. Fits perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. Distinct as well and unique. Uh huh. And like you said, the crackling in her voice or like the imperfections. Yeah, it's definitely intentional. And yeah, it's it's part of the movie. Yeah, and it's pure voice acting too. Mm Hmm. Like on set, I think it was Rebecca Hall with Joaquin Phoenix. Mm. It's even more impressive that she managed to write. Like fill in yeah, for Rebecca Hall, and and none of us even notice it watching the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah why not? Yeah, there were some yeah. uh, some memes floating around where people would dub over the trailer for this movie and replace it with somebody like Bill Burr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be funny. Like Gilbert Gottfried. Like, yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean. Um, I think we've said a good amount about this i fucking i love this movie i connect with it a lot if you're gonna watch a movie in vr chat try to make sure that both of you have good internet because it froze for one of us halfway through and we continued on discord <laughs> <laughs> All right. um, they'll get better internet at some point
10 out of 10. Love it. One of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an easy 10. I've got nothing bad to say about it. I'd give it a 9 or a 10. Mm-hmm. 9 or a 10 for sure. It's like splitting hairs. Sure. It's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. That was uh, very refreshing. I'm glad I picked it. And uh, eight yeah. years later, that's crazy. There was actually a couple moments of dialogue where uh, they mentioned uh, like eight years, like um, Theodore was like, yeah, I've been writing for this couple for eight years. And then there was like another line with uh, Amy Adams. She's like, "Uh, after eight years, I can't believe how petty the argument was that actually ended it when she broke up. And then like, we're watching this film eight years after the release. And I'm like, whoa. I'm like, oh, weird. Speaking Jim Carrey in the number 23 now. It's all connected or something. <laughs> um, uh, let's not talk about that one. Anyway, still holds up. This still is a fucking much better feels, movie than that. Feels ahead of its time <laughs> much still. Much better movie than number 23. Eight years later, it still feels ahead of its time. <laughs> you know? If this came out today, it would feel ahead of its time. Yeah. What a great movie. All right. I guess it's uh, question time. All right. Let's do some questions from the Sardonicast community. If you want to leave your own questions, head over to the subreddit where there is a suggestion thread where you can ask whatever you feel like. Herbal Coast has got our first one. What actors are capable of giving both a 1 out of 10 performance and a 10 out of 10 performance? It's perfect. We just talked about Nick Cage. (laughs) Yeah, Nick Cage (laughs) is the answer, I suppose. That's my answer. I guess. Shit, 1 out of 10 and 10 out of 10? Those are some very extreme numbers. Fuck. Yeah, Nick Cage is almost too easy. (laughs) He is too easy, but... Yeah, I mean, that is, like, the answer, I guess. Mm -hmm. Shit. There are not many meme actors on that level, though. Hmm? There are not many, like, meme actors on that level that are on the Nick Cage kind of status, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't think you necessarily have to be a meme actor. Because there's some some actors that are just entirely dependent on the director, right? Or if they have a bad True. director, like they're just they're lost. But if they have a great mm. director, they can work with somebody, sure. right? One, it's sure. just one out of ten and ten out of ten. It's so extreme. Those those numbers are way too extreme. Yeah. Because I'm like John Travolta was good in Pulp Fiction. He was awful in Battlefield Earth, right? Did he give a <laughs> ten out of ten performance in Pulp Fiction though? I don't. I don't know if I would he call did. it. A, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Probably. Let's do it. It's at least a nine. Yeah. I'd say yeah. at least a nine or an eight, right? Yeah. And then or think of like Saturday Night Fever. Like that's a, that's a yeah. great. Movie, There's some very director like dependent or fucking <laughs> trading paints or like the fanatic. <laughs> like yeah, those are one out of ten. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. thinking of someone else. Sam oh, Jackson's actually shit. had some pretty. Oh my god, weird I got roles. one. Yeah. Go. Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. He's been great in some movies. And yeah, then, like, yeah. yeah. What's that movie? Jupiter mm-hmm. Ascending? Jupiter Ascending yeah, Jupiter is Ascending. like, who boy. The yelling. That the was Wachowski's really funny. had some interesting ideas for your character. <laughs> that was so funny. That was amazing. That was like, give your Oscar back worthy, you know? It's like, yeah. <laughs> take yeah. it back. They should, like, revoke it. <laughs> I don't know. Halle Berry has won an Oscar and a Razzie, right? Yeah, I haven't seen. I the love one her Razzie her. speech. It's so funny. She's like, she blames her agent basically. I know, really and then all of a sudden she stopped speech. being cast in popular movies. Why? I wonder why that happened. Don't <laughs> hey, throw your agent fine. under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't my fault. This is my agent's fault. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's that's actually funny. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, my career. <laughs> Whatever. She's rich. Hmm. Who else? Neil Breen? No, he only gives tens. Um. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. 
Hmm. Yeah, I'm so hung up on Nick Cage. I can't think of anyone else. But, you know, there's a lot of actors who have had a great role and then a bad role. You know, I don't want to shit on them for that. Yeah. I think they've all been in bad movies. <laughs> Nick Cage stands out to me just because of the sheer volume of bad movies. Like, every year he's in maybe five movies, right? And yeah. four of them are awful. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, terrible. Like, Chinese, like, you know, production company, like, that level. Yeah. Just not even worth yeah. watching for the meme. Yeah. Really. Like, USS Indianapolis. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like that shit. Yeah, I don't know if this, I don't know if it's a controversial pick, but De Niro has some pretty bad movies. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. There's some that he him. didn't try in anymore. I guess Bruce Willis, maybe. Like he's oh, in like the Rocky yeah, Bruce Willis. movie. Bruce Willis, yeah. He's yeah. A good one. If we're, yeah, trying and not trying, let's say 10 out of 10 effort and 1 out of 10 effort, not necessarily yeah. 10 Bruce out of 10. Bruce Willis does not even try. <laughs> yeah. I would say Steven Seagal, but he's never been good. He's always been yeah. at least a four. Right, like at most a four, I mean, and at least a one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Bruce Willis has had some good parts. All right. Okay. So we gave some good ones for that. Um, yeah. Round Bright has one for us. I'm constantly finding myself rewatching Adam's videos on Kimber because of his gigantic rabbit hole formed by misinformation, stupidity, and certain people wanting to give justice to a show they haven't even seen. Endlessly fascinates me. What other media copyright cases have endlessly fascinated you guys? And just a side note, what was the funniest thing you discovered while going through the Kimbaspiracy, Adam? <laughs> yeah, start with that. Uh, what was the funniest thing I discovered? I don't know. That that TED Talk was pretty funny, because that was like my live reaction, <laughs> yeah. too. That was like, that was a moment <laughs> where yeah. I, I pretty much just called why she believed that um and that's all i don't know just a lot of it's just so embarrassing where it's like how can you get up on stage in front of people and talk about something you haven't watched like how can you do that yeah, so you just not expect anyone to check ever yeah I guess no one did until well no it's like having so much blind faith in just other people said this so it must be true sort of thing yeah like i encourage a lot of healthy yeah. skepticism don't go full fucking like <laughs> QAnon, everything's a conspiracy or anything, obviously. You, you want to be able to, like, do your own research and, and verify things, but I don't know. It's just, it's it's really uh, just this game of telephone where n- nobody would have believed this if just people were willing to watch an anime, but nobody wanted to mm-hmm. watch it, because it is a very yeah. exhausting, very long <laughs> over like what 3500 minutes worth of shit <laughs> yeah yeah it's just easy it's a power and it you know it fulfilled the narrative you know i hate disney too obviously but like mm-hmm. you know just because it just because it seems like something they would do does not necessarily mean that that's the case and then just twitter threads of people just making shit up without any evidence to it fuck i don't know there was just a lot of a lot of nonsense the 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 simba king of beasts comic was a pretty great revelation also of just like oh here's all these here's all these frames from the comic that look suspiciously similar to things in kimba this proves my point even better you know so yeah 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 other copyright cases that fascinate us i don't know i do like the story of uh, fistful of dollars and the oh yeah kurosawa what you said about it i found the quote (laughs) um for his part, Kurosawa expressed admiration for Leone's work on A Fistful of Dollars, commenting, he made a fine movie, 
but it was my movie. <laughs> it's pretty biting. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. He had to pay a hundred grand. Yeah. I mean, there's like, there's copyright cases that show up all the fucking time. And there's, um, I'm usually, I, I usually don't jump on things being like, yeah, this was a ripoff thing, right? So Yoko Kano, mm. I made a highlights video on that. And I also talked with Destiny on his channel about that. You can look it up yeah. about Yoko Kano's plagiarism or what I would mm-hmm. consider to be plagiarism. And even though that's never went to court, I think, you know, Eddie, wait, just watch that. I make the argument there. But yeah, yeah you I believe it's seriously it's founded. Bad. Yeah, because I don't doubt that. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I from from having looked it up myself and then having a good understanding of music composition <laughs> you know there's, <laughs> there's a bit yeah. too much there yeah anyway yeah just watch watch the stream i did with destiny because that that uh explains it there <laughs> okay, but cool. yeah it seems like every fucking few months there'll be an instance of somebody claiming like oh yeah this was a ripoff or this was stolen from this and just by default like unless i'm going to thoroughly look into it i usually just don't believe it because there's people have such a weird bizarre understanding of like intellectual property or creativity even so there's like a lot of people who don't mm-hmm. create yeah. art that are talking about yeah. like no this has to have been made this way and there's no way that this could have possibly been the same and even for things that i hate like uh two distant strangers which was a really shitty short film that won uh the oscar this past year mm. there was news coming out after that where it's like oh this was ripped off of a film from four years ago called groundhog day for a black man and as much as i hate two distant strangers there's still another part of me that goes like okay there's also a lot of other groundhog day properties if somebody is if somebody wants to make a yes. groundhog day spin-off short film and they're social justice minded and they think oh what would this be like for a black guy of course it's you know this is the topical thing of course it's going to be like you oh no matter what i right. do i'm shot by the cops right <laughs> like yeah there's yeah. there's you can come to that conclusion independently of having seen the other thing like it's it's a reasonable thing yeah. where i could be like oh yeah two people could have made this and not know yeah. those those like lmn lifetime movies yeah, <laughs> those Element Lifetime movies or like Netflix movies, almost all of them are about like Groundhog's Day type stuff. Like it's yeah. a very mm-hmm. common trope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very common. Yeah, you you are right. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt about it when I saw that. I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt in the majority of cases. It's just I just feel like art, especially filmmaking, is very collaborative and almost like a community. Like once you add to that, everyone's allowed to take from it. <laughs> yeah. The line between like owing and stealing. Yeah, like this copyright thing. Like for huge companies, that's like Walt Disney. They should not be stealing people's songs or whatever. But yeah. For for little artists, it's very restrictive. These rules. I just wish there was more leeway with it. That's all. I don't really have an answer. I feel like I've got a good answer somewhere, but I need to think about it more. I just think it's mostly bullshit. I I think that there are the majority of people commenting on these pop culture like, oh, this ripped off this thing are people who have no fucking idea how art works, how art is made, how creativity works. That's the most most of these people have never (laughs) actually created something unique or original. And so in their minds, Mm -hmm. they think like, oh, no, because in order to have the same if this is similar, then it has to be a ripoff sort of thing. Like, I don't know, because they think it's like a high school paper. Yeah, I, I just think, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, a lot of people who should not be having these conversations mm-hmm. are having these conversations. Yeah, just yeah. zero comprehension of how these things work. Mm-hmm. Like that Katy Perry dark horse thing, like that was bullshit. I think most people recognize that mm-hmm. one to be bullshit at least. But then, yeah, even the Coldplay Jose Triani one, 
Like there were people that I knew that were like, oh no, it's like, it sounds the same. It's like, no, you don't understand how composition works, right? You yeah, just, really. Uh, it's anyway, <laughs> it's so, it's such a difficult thing to communicate also because music is, some people just have like a sense for it. Like obviously you can do ear training. You can be, you, you can go to like Royal Conservatory and be like actually trained in music, but like, yeah, yeah. There's only so much you can do, <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. you can't, you can't teach creativity yeah. and composition really yeah like absolutely. you can try yeah, i feel you like copy copyright is for those rules. companies with millions of dollars on the line who are losing money because someone else steals something like i just don't feel it's for indie creators like that it's just it's very restrictive in that mm. way yeah it's yeah, so weird it's just how i feel about it yeah i think of that scene in like adaptation where there's like the screenwriting class you know and just like charlie mm-hmm. kaufman's mm-hmm. criticisms about like okay what you know, is there a standard way that you you need to do things in order to have like a screenplay? Like, it's kind of yeah. restrictive, you know. It is very restrictive, especially for art. Trying yeah. to restrict art in that way. That's how I feel about yeah, like, like music. If I show a poster of Alien in the background, like in a movie, like that's technically illegal, but like, not necessarily is that hurting anyone. Yeah, that well, not necessarily, but no. is that hurting anyone? The fact that it's even a question, like. <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> is that doing anything? <laughs> yeah. Just imagine how many people come out of the woodwork when there is like a big success, like Shape of Water or something. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure that you heard about issues. that one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. it was like some someone's novella or stage play where there was like a dolphin in a tank or something that a woman took care of, <laughs> and she was like, "Did you stole the Shape of Water?" There was like like two or three that tried to accuse. Guillermo of stealing. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, imagine, a bunch I'm of sure, like, every big success like that has a string of lawsuits yeah. that follow it. That we just oh, yeah. And that's the bad, like, like once that story gets started, once, like, uh, reporters or mm-hmm. journalists pick up on that, it, they just keep it going, and it just doesn't yeah. make sense. Like, anyone with a brain goes, like, yeah, I see what you're trying to say, but it's not the same. Like, you're just trying to make a story for the sake of it. That yesterday Beatles movie or whatever... Like, as soon as a trailer yeah. came out for that, I'm like, oh, yeah, everybody's had that thought, right? Like, what if you could just, what if there was a body of work and you could take credit for it because it didn't exist or something, right? Like, everybody's yeah. had that and fantasy. Then, like, everyone and then all of a sudden, it. two right. weeks later, some guy's like, you stole my idea for a movie. I'm like, I thought literally, I thought this was like something that everybody has thought of. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. Think of how many billions of people yeah. have existed, like, in the world. Like, like of course. How many ideas have been formed and fantasy, gone? Right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it know. doesn't make sense. Yeah, like, of course you had that idea. Intellect- this person wrote a script and made it. So Intellectual property is really messy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, like what's an and idea? Owning concepts like that. Right. Is so, how do you how yeah, do you own an so idea? Amorphous. Ultimately, I feel if you have the idea, make the movie and just do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, you don't need to sue on someone else for stealing your idea. Like, yeah, pitch it. It's just lame. Like, what artist would do that? You know, genuinely. Two yeah. types of people: a, a type of person that feels like they're genuinely owed that, like that they, they that yeah. believes it it's was ripped off. Bitter. It's bitter and sad. Or someone just trying to capitalize. Because remember, in America, you can sue for fucking anything, right? So Yeah, yeah, that's right, too. But no idea yeah, is that great. I just think of something else. Seriously. <laughs> no idea is that great. It's not even worth it. If you're an artist, if I people mean. see money somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. They see money somewhere, <laughs> yeah. but they're like delusional. And they think they can get some of the money, and they'll do it. Yeah, yeah they're, they're like, I could have made her, and I could have made those millions of dollars, but Spike Jones did it instead. Like, that's mm. the delusional thought. <laughs> yeah. Delusional. Yeah. yeah. There are lots of deluded people out there, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Like, you would have done it the same way, told the story the exact same way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the exact same money. It's not true. Yeah. It's just not. There should be protections for 
people, but at the same time, yes, there should be some sort of. I think I just, just think people should have so a, complicated. a more comprehensive understanding of like what coincidence is, or beyond a reasonable doubt, or yeah, you know. Anyway, watch my Kimba video. Mm-hmm. Watch the fucking thing I did on Destiny's stream with yeah. the Yoko Kano. It's just under. It's not a ripoff. Maybe homage. The term homage I like much more. You're paying tribute to something. You're not ripping it off. You're building yeah. upon it. Yeah. If yeah, if. I like uh, that. What you've created is its own thing. You know, you should be able mm-hmm. to borrow and use from whatever you want as long as it doesn't replace the original's market, in my opinion. You know, if you've yeah. transformed it into something new, it has a different meaning or purpose. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair game. But the problem with Yoko Kano shit, it was, it was, it was literally just like, oh, you can confuse these two things for each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. Okay. And this is like dozens of times over her career. Like, oh, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, it's mainly just restricted criticism, I think, what you can say about something. Mm. Okay, let's do this one from Zach Hub. What's the most overrated video game franchise? Damn, overrated? I don't know, Bioshock, but it's not really my thing. So I what? don't know. If that's... Oh, exactly, Bioshock. right? Dude, Bioshock's like my favorite game. I know, that's exactly. Yeah, Bioshock, yeah. For me, Bioshock, I mean. Bioshock, Infinite. I fucking love those games. Get out of here. A lot of people love them. (laughs) I love those games. Those are like, no doubt, the greatest games. I told you about System Shock, how I just started playing those. I I don't even like old video games. Yeah, I like those because they're like Bioshock. Like, that's why Mm, I play them. What is it about Bioshock that you don't connect with? Exactly, right? Um, I didn't like how it doesn't encourage you to, like, actually play strategically. So when you go into a room and there's, like, ten enemies... You can kill one of them, and then when you die, you don't actually die. You just get sent back a little bit further, and then there's nine enemies when you come across it the next time. So you're essentially (laughs) just a monkey on a typewriter sort of thing, where you'll just beat the game eventually by inputting whatever controls you want. And so I found Mm -hmm. myself just, like, not giving a... Like, any other game... I would be like, oh, I want to, you know, take cover here or like shoot. But I was just kind of like, I just didn't care and I got bored because I wasn't really, I wasn't encouraged to play <laughs> okay. strategically in any way. And I'm also not like huge on the fucking steampunk aesthetic. I'm not like, I don't know. I'm okay. not, a okay. lot of people okay. love that. I know, yeah, but absolutely. yeah, it's just not for me. I love the story of it really. Like the story, yeah, the, the atmosphere. I think that's why I play it. The atmosphere is great. I like yeah. the combat for the most part too. Mm-hmm. I like finding the big daddies. I like the weapons. Yeah. Uh, There's probably a better example I could give for most overrated video mm-hmm. game, though. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm Life sure is there strange. Is. Like Infinite, I, I love too. Life is strange is a big one, I guess. I don't know how controversial it is, but I'm gonna say Uncharted. I don't really like Uncharted. I love those too, man. Oh, I love Uncharted. <laughs> go, go ahead though. Explain them. Go off, Queen. I think for me, it's the gameplay loop. I can get down with the stories, but I find the gameplay so repetitive, and they don't. Mm-hmm. They didn't do anything with the gameplay loop to keep me involved for how long the games are. Um, okay. Whereas I didn't feel that problem in, in like The Last mm-hmm. of Us because there are kind of more systems going on. Sure. There are more ways sure. to approach combat. So it was just less repetitive for me compared to... Mm-hmm. I, I feel it dragging in two and three. I, I would say um, I would say Last of Us, actually, going to Naughty Dog, mm. especially the second one. I just hate what they did with Joel. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. That was just so... I, I don't... Like everything they did with that game was just so unnecessary. Yeah, they could have just focused yeah. on new characters. I would have liked it better. 
And that movie, uh, that movie, that game has a like a large positive response to it. I know it's kind of controversial, but people love that game. Yeah, and I just don't get it. I just don't understand because it just pissed me off. Like an hour in, it pissed me off. <laughs> yeah, and then when it I focused on Abby, like, oh my god, I wanted to fucking. I wish I was pissed off. Window. I just didn't feel anything <laughs> from it, which is like yeah. totally not what should happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's not a, an interesting story. Yeah. I guess my real answer is just life is strange. Then okay. it's uh, it, it, it was wildly successful. <laughs> They've been trying to replicate that success ever since, uh, but uh, mm. they have not been able to. And oh, their games are really bad. Also, fucking anything made by like f- blooper, blooper, blooper oh, games. They do horror stuff. Don't they are uh, layers of fear. The Blair Witch one was fine. I like the like that was all right until the end. Mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. But damn, like them as a studio, I can't believe they make so much money and make such shit games, you know? Yeah, I've always just avoided them. So, yeah. Because I, I heard about their last game and just seemed not up to snuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Let's end on this one then from QB Daisuki. What do you think is the proper way of inserting adult jokes, sexual, political references, etc., in kids' cartoons and movies? Or do you think it's best not to put any adult jokes in kids' media? Huh. Interesting. I think it's good. Um, it, but there is, there is a certain <laughs> level of, uh, delicacy you have to have with it. I think when you're, when you're using wordplay, I think that works quite well. Cause, mm-hmm. you know, kids are pretty dumb. They don't, they won't pick up the multiple meanings of things or it will just go completely over their head. Like I think about Shrek and a lot of the adult jokes in that, that when I watched it as a kid, I never would have guest of course yeah, yeah. Those really funny. Uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah and even like toy story and stuff they have like adult jokes in there the oh yeah well toy story well. has like a lot of like relationships <laughs> like a lot of, mm-hmm. they're kind of fucking <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's how i even that's more how crude jokes like when um i think in toy story 2 like buzz lightyear like basically has a boner joke it's like wings <laughs> yeah. like come out yeah. in response there's a lot of those Jesse. in kids media like boing yeah <laughs> Oh, I mm-hmm. think you need to take. I feel like why this question is asked it recently. There was like a monsters. There's like a monsters Inc. show on Disney Plus that made like a weird sex joke, or oh. like an adult joke. Oh, yeah, really? it's like the Monsters Inc. show. Now, I guess that's why they're asking. Um, uh, wasn't there a Lion King? Something in the Lion King where they wrote "sex in the sky." <laughs> that wasn't really it. a joke. That was just like a frame that an animator put in because they thought they were being funny and pausing wasn't invented yeah. yet. But it's intentional, right? <laughs> like, I mean, it wasn't for anyone to notice other than just them <laughs> yeah. in that moment on that yeah. frame. Yeah. Well, animators love doing that kind of stuff. Like in uh, "Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs," there's like a funny shot where like the kids mm. like eat someone but you'd only notice it if you like really were paying attention you, you guys better watch that shit animators <laughs> yeah right, they're creepy dudes you know <laughs> yeah, really i mean people get in trouble yeah. for that <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know because in my mind yeah, i'm thinking like yeah far, obvi- the, the obvious answer is just like yeah write it in a way where like it's for the adults but kids just don't understand it but it's like what's the alternative right like that's just how it's going to go either way. Like, of course, kids aren't going to understand an adult joke, right? That's kind of inevitable. (laughs) Honestly, I feel like kids shouldn't be exposed to that at all. (laughs) 
like I'm thinking of the the kids, the, like the the movies from my childhood. Anyway, like I had to go see a movie in a theater with my dad or my yeah. mom. Like I had to see it with my parents. So they throw in of jokes course. for them too. Yeah, like so Shrek is a good. It. I understand. Example. Now it's things are a little different. Now, like I see, like my little cousins, like they watch movies on TV, like by themselves. You know, they're not really mm-hmm. watching with I their mean, parents. Like there's no sometimes jokes you gotta their supervise. Like, you know, it, it depends. Yeah, if like Luca, yeah. I feel like there's a healthy cover. I feel like for the most part, you should be putting like boner jokes into fuck kids movies. <laughs> like mm-hmm. maybe it was a different I mean, time. Yeah, then. it's I, never I, a necessity funny, or anything. I don't know. I don't. I, if I was making a movie, I would not make any. If kind I was of making joke a movie, like I would not make kid, it like, for children or have children yeah. in it. Well, like like Shrek's a particularly edgy example. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was yeah. my responsibility. Yeah. I would absolutely fucking not. <laughs> uh, but it's yeah, like Shrek in particular has loads of dick jokes. So yeah, he's compensating for something like at the castle thing. That's like loads of- <laughs> I guess I don't mind it as an adult. It's just odd. It's just odd to even think about. You know, make whatever movie you want, and as long as you're not putting like this weird fart fetish shit in kids' media, <laughs> you know, as long as you're not Dan Schneidering yeah, something. Like- that's. Yeah. What fetishes like don't weird. don't do it Dan for your Schneider's own gratification <laughs> yeah if, if there's like a fucking if you want to make shrek and there's like a haha this one you know yeah, this is a pg kind of edgy kids movie or whatever go for it but yeah i don't know i usually i'm i'm usually not thinking about writing kids movies or putting sex jokes in kids movies <laughs> that's not really on my mind <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. just just think about dan schneider just think yeah. of how that went well for him <laughs> oh schneider fucking jerk <laughs> all right i guess that does it uh, for questions Damn. we have a recommendation from ralph for a movie oh, cool what do you Thanks. go for us um we're approaching the year or the month of october sorry so it's yes, like time of, it's time for halloween movies <gasps> kind of horror movies mm. um so i was thinking this movie called the texas chainsaw massacre from Yay. The year 1974 awesome would you guys like to watch that again i would love awesome. to i actually yeah, I never saw it, the like, original the other day sick it's great it's a awesome fucked up movie perfect <laughs> so yeah i hope you enjoy I, it I, yeah. I went to the buy Texas it the other day Chainsaw. um on itunes and I, I i did buy like the first result without properly looking and then i went to play it oh, no. it's like the 2012 remake or whatever <laughs> the, yeah, the like zero the star roger one. ebert review one yeah 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 yeah, yeah i was like cursing myself you fucking i actually idiot. think you that one's be- just called texas chainsaw no, yeah, I think that's like got another like 3D one. 3D or something. I think that there's, I think that there's like a couple. How many? Of the 2013 made? one is Texas yeah. Chainsaw 3D. Yeah. yeah, it was that one. It was that one. Yeah, because I know. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. That's yeah. the that's yeah, the one. Alexander Daddario. Yeah, yeah. This is I'm talking about the 1975, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Yeah. What the? No, there's like even more. <laughs> Hold on. There's tons of Texas <laughs> yeah, Chainsaw I, no, Massacre. No, I was saying the, the infamous yeah, like, Ebert Review one is the, the 2003 one. You have to click Show More on IMDb oh, yeah? for really? title. Yeah. Oh, so the more. 3D one is like 10 years. Yeah. I remember watching the uh-huh. 2003 one uh, when I was younger, and it scared me because I was like, what, 12? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but yeah, it'll still be a fresh experience for me for the original. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I, I almost kind of want to watch the 2003 one again to understand why people were so mad because i've seen the 2003 one i actually don't think it's that bad it's, yeah it's well i want to great i want to watch it in context like, sequel from the original, the original director yeah that 3d one like the, the one you said Alex, never seen alexander it. daddario like that one's bad yeah, yeah. that's a fucking terrible movie <laughs> that one sucks yeah, uh, the remake i think is okay but yeah i'm recommending the 1973 original 
So check that awesome. out. Awesome. Can't wait. It's really Thank good. You for it's the really reason. scary. Yeah, very, very scary movie. Yeah. In- intense. We always forget to do like Halloween recommendations for October anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Last yeah. year I was kind of kicking myself in the in the ass for that. I was like, yeah. fuck. How did I forget yeah, yeah. to recommend like Halloween or something? But yeah, I've been waiting for this one for a while. Texas Chainsaw. And I think it's a really good time to recommend it. Kind Hell of yeah. like with the stuff going on in Texas right now. Oh yeah, yeah. the Texas <laughs> abortion get, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to get into it. It's, the movie's about like women's rights. Like that's 100% okay. what this movie's about. Yeah, so. Oh, very cool. Awesome. All right, if you don't want to be spoiled for Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1973, is it? Then watch it. Mm-hmm before the next episode comes out. These are released every two weeks, but you can listen to them early if you go to sardonicast.com and sign up for premium. It's only $2 a month. That's like nothing. That's like 50 cents a week. Also, patreon.com slash sardonicast. Same dealio. You can get uh, episodes early as they're edited. Also, we got merch. And also, send us some fan art. There's a sardonicast subreddit for fan art. Also, you can tag on Twitter, hashtag sardonicast fan art. We would love your fan art. And yeah, have a happy Shrek. Happy Shrek. Have <laughs> a free uh, kind of day. Yeah, it never ends. Hey. It's love and it's life. And a happy Texas <laughs> Massacre Shrek day. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.